When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time for Rat Salad Review with your hosts, Wayne Noon, Greg Norgal, and Nate Lander. Welcome to Rat Salad Review and... It is almost New Year. Christmas is done. 2020 is almost over. And you're spending it with us. Time to get ready for next Christmas. (laughs) You got 366 days till Christmas. Uh, Don't forget, uh, it's the magical Native American Johnny will bring you presents on Arbor Day. (laughs) Well, how was your Christmases anyway? Everything, uh, you get everything you wanted? It was all right. Any? Did you get any cool albums or anything? Or? No. No. What'd you get? Socks and underwear. Yeah. Great. What about you, Greg? You didn't know your family was Jewish. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding, guys. Happy holidays. Yeah, Wayne's my cousin now. <laughs> <laughs> um. No, I I just uh, went over to my buddy's house for dinner, and that was it. Oh. Well, that's great. I got a lot of cool things, but. Uh, no, no music-related items, actually. Which is sad, but you know what? There really wasn't much I didn't have, so, you know. I got some it was stuff I myself with my Christmas bonus, but nothing I got as a gift. Yeah. Well, I still had fun, though. But uh, what we're going to do on this episode today, we're going to do a little best of, because this, this show's been around since 2018, and I have yet to do a best of, and I figured, let's do one now. Sorry right. about the clip show. <laughs> I hey, am Troy McClure. You may remember me from such other clip shows as The Simpsons <laughs> 138th Episode Spectacular and The Simpsons Spinoff Showcase. <laughs> I couldn't remember the episode titles. Thanks for covering me there. And all singing, all dancing. <laughs> Gladys, Gladys the Groovy Mule. <laughs> My God, I don't know how you guys remember this stuff. I, I remember the episode, but I can't remember word for word. You'll story. never make a monkey out of me. Dr. Zayas, Dr. Zayas. Dr. Zayas, Dr. Zayas. Dr. Zayas, Dr. Zayas. From chimpanzee to chimpanzee. Dr. Zayas, Dr. Zayas, what's wrong with me? I think you're crazy. What a second opinion, and also lazy. <laughs> what a great what? fucking joke. <laughs> <laughs> One thing that's uh, a little strange today is you guys are actually together. That's That never happens. No, no. usually not, yeah, because we usually do this later. So, But we were hanging out today and did yeah. this earlier than we usually do. Not that our viewers would know that because they watch yeah. it whenever, but yeah. Pretty much. 
Or not at and all. And not that you would know by looking out the window because we're in the far north and it's fucking dark already at five o'clock. But... Right. Yeah. Well, it's it's pitch black here, so I I, have, I know the feeling. Is it blacker than a woodchuck's asshole, Wayne? <laughs> <laughs> that I would not know. Oh, all right. Well, <laughs> Ralph, let's get Speaking of woodchucks, uh, one of the first clips I got here is, <laughs> it has nothing to do with a woodchuck. But one of the first clips I have here is the first time that we actually had Ralph the Era on our uh, King Diamond podcast, Greg. Oh, cool. You remember that? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we did the EP. Yeah, it was like, oh. uh, yeah. So, I mean, I, I never knew who Ralph Vieira was. Actually, I, I found out who La- Ralph Vieira was through Lou, uh, Lou Mavs, who does the Music Is Life show on our network. Um, and then I added him to Facebook, and I found out he was like this big, huge King Diamond fan. I was like, oh my god, I got to get this guy in the show. And then I found out he does podcasts, and I was like, all right, this is gonna even be even better because he's not just some random guy. And yeah, then, I knew uh, Thrasher die, but I had no idea he did that all that online. Yeah, I knew yeah. Thrasher die as well. <laughs> I say I didn't know Thrasher die, so that you know I was kind of out of the loop on that one. But you know, it was cool to have him on the show and then find out he's got the, the huge podcast. Like you said, he's got the band, so you know it was cool to have him come and do that show. And then he's been staying with us to do that King Diamond show ever since. So you know, I, I really appreciate Ralph joining our show uh, and even coming on our Rat Salary Review shows too. It's He's been a really cool guy with us, and um, so check out the first meeting of uh, Ralph Vieira on the King Diamond podcast. Uh, this broadcast belongs to them. Yes, indeed. Uh, Doomed by the Living Dead. My favorite song on the album. Mine and too. Probably my. Well, I don't know if it'd be my overall favorite fate song, but it's definitely pretty high up there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think so too. The. First time seeing Merciful Fate for me in the Shadow Tour. Um, all the way up front. Center. Pressed against the... And that, that that was filmed by a friend of mine that had permission. And that footage is actually the indoor footage from the Bellwitch video. Right, yeah. They opened with Doom by Lip. And they had two big screens on the side that had the... Uh, the album cover, the EP album cover. Ah, that's all. Awesome. Dude, my living then, I'm telling you, man, it was like a, a, a fucking religious experience. I was like, oh my god, you know, I'm watching them do Doom by Living Dead was just so fucking mind blowing. And yeah, uh, I agree with you guys. It is my favorite track on the album now, and, uh, which is pretty epic for me because every song on this album is a solid ten. But. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, and I, as I said earlier, I had the lyrics, but I don't know why I never really checked the lyrics of the song, because the part where he says, I am here, Satan in my head, for the longest time, I thought he was saying Iron Maiden. (laughs) 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 And I was like, cool, man, he's saying Iron Maiden. And then finally, I read the lyrics one day, I was like, oh, he's saying I'm here, you know, but I love that song. I love the way it starts. Oh, the yeah. creepiness and uh, seen by the living dead, you know. And yeah. it's like, uh, no uh, way to survive this yeah. evil night. Yeah, that chorus part is just. Yeah, awesome. and, and again, hearing the word fucking. Yeah, it's all uh, your fucking yeah. angels. <laughs> and I was like, oh shit, he said fucking. You know, it's, yeah. it was so special back then to hear a bad word. It was like unheard of, you know. Right. You know, it's like, wow, it's cunt and fucking? <laughs> you know, it's, yep. It's an X-rated album, man. 
Yep. And they got a drawing of a nun with her tits out, you know, on a cross. Yeah, with a pentagram above her. Being burned. (laughs) Might as well, like, Uh, added, like, more words like George Carlin. Shit, piss, cunt, motherfucking, and tits, you know? (laughs) Put them all in there. Why not? You know, they put the the two of the filthiest Uh, ones, you know? All right, so that was Ralph Vieira on the King Dime podcast. Uh, Another pretty cool um thing about the king dime podcast we actually a new interview with uh, the bassist uh, uh pontus edberg remember we did that one greg yep that one was pretty cool because we got to talk a little bit about uh you know how he joined the band and then what's going on with the band now because how long has it been like maybe a year or two that he's announced that a new album's coming out and nothing's going on i think it's been two years now hasn't it because i something mean something like that I know the the last tour was only about a year ago, but I believe he announced a new album was coming a couple months before that. Mm-hmm. Because, um, yeah, he had the single and all that. Yeah, they released a single. So everybody was like all excited for this new album to come out. And then it was just like, nothing's coming. <laughs> so I finally got to get to get, uh, got to get in touch with Pontus Edberg. Boy, this is going to, I'm going to make a, a best of show out of my mistakes. Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. I thought you froze. No, I didn't freeze. So anyway, we got uh, Pontus Edberg on the show, and it was really cool to get him on here. I, some of these people, when I when I try to email them and see if they'll come on, I don't know if they're ever going to come on or not. You know, Especially somebody, somebody like him, because he's in King Diamond, they're touring, and, and they're busy. So you know, I always take a shot. But thankfully, he said yes, and he came on the show, talked about the new album, what's going on, and here's the clip. Um is there a reason why he decided to release this one song now? I can, you know, so people can hear something's going on, or yeah, I, I guess so. And uh, I mean, we, we, um, I think all of us, including King, had uh, hopes for more music to be released by now. Right. But uh, things have, things have come in the way. All, all kinds of stuff, and. Uh, the reason we wanted to put this one out is, you know, to have something new when uh, doing our uh, U.S. tour that we did this fall. Right. And uh, we do we do have the we or we did have the new stage set up and everything for that mm-hmm. sort of goes with the theme of uh, what's coming next, the Institute. Yeah. And um, so it felt good for everyone to have at least one new song out. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. It, it is a very good song. It does uh, have a little bit of um, like I guess older King Diamond. Um, are you a fan of? King? Obviously, you're in the band now, but but are you <laughs> like are you a fan of like older King Diamond stuff, or are you just like uh, how did you get into King Diamond? Basically, <clears throat> uh, well, to tell you the truth, I've uh, I mean I've. I've heard King Diamond, of course, but I've never been a big fan. Uh, oh, you I, just got... <laughs> what? You just got fired, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I mean, it, I, I got thrown into this uh, sort of by accident. and huh. But uh, ever since I did get thrown into it, I loved every moment of it. And I oh, really... Okay really do dig uh, all of the music that we play and it's super nice and uh, you know th- playing with the uh, guys in the band is fantastic right. 
super great musicians and King himself always, you know, delivering at the top of his game. Yeah. Uh, so I, I guess I've become a fan. Right. Right. Yes. <laughs> so uh, that's good. But I, I do, I do, um, I do appreciate, um, you know, the the fact that maybe we're going back to a little bit more of the older style of the of yeah. King Diamond. Yeah, from this one song, that's what it seems like a little bit. Yeah. Um, All right, and that was Pontus Edberg on the uh, this broadcast belongs to them podcast. Uh, sometime during this year, I, I don't remember what was going on, but um, there was a couple shows where you guys were too busy, and uh, we just haven't didn't have time to get together and, and do stuff for what reason I don't remember. So I took it upon myself to find my own interviews, and then I kind of made my own show <laughs> in the middle of this whole thing. So, but one of the first interviews I did on my own was uh, Annette Olsen from uh, Nightwish. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. I remember. Yeah, that was a really, really <laughs> cool interview. And uh, I forget what we're talking about in this section, but um, God, I can't remember what I picked. Well, it doesn't matter. You'll find out here on this clip. Uh, very cool interview. If you didn't uh, get to see it, please go back. It's on the, the uh, YouTube page and our uh, Podbean and uh, iTunes stuff. Yes, it is. So. Conveniently in a playlist titled Wayne's Interviews. That's right. <laughs> so go check that out and uh, check out this little clip and it'll give you a little insight of uh, you know how Annette is and uh, what she's doing. Actually, we were talking about the uh, Annette Olsen, which was funny because when I was getting this clip together, I was watching what, because, you know, I always screw up every little word I say all the time, and I could not remember the name of the album she was doing. And the fucked up thing was, the name of the album had her name in the title. <laughs> I couldn't remember wow. her name. Wow. Wayne, the blurst of times knew. Yeah. <laughs> the blurst of times. You stupid monkey. <laughs> well, the, what the problem was, there's a band called Alan Land, Russell Allen from uh, Symphony X, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, Jorn, actually, Alan Landy. Uh, and Jorn Land, Land, oh my God, see, I'm doing it now. Uh, Jorn Landy. So it's Russell Allen and Jorn Landy doing albums together, and then Russell Allen did an album with Annette Olsen. So I kept getting it confused with Alan Landy. So, gotcha. So there's that. So that's that leading to Alan Olsen, uh, Annette Olsen. Oh my God. Watch the clip. <laughs> and he's going to be a singer, he says. And he's also, so you know, going to be a ghostbuster. Oh, really? Uh, he's, that's his work. He's going to oh. chase ghosts and sell them to those that he's, yeah, he's, he has a good plan. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good to me. I think it's cool that I have a ghostbuster in the family. Yeah. Any, any ghosts in your house? I mean, do we have to worry? <laughs> There has been here, but it's been very calm for a long time. <laughs> oh, yeah? Oh, what's happened? There were some really weird, disturbing things happening in uh, some years ago. Me and my eldest son uh, had some disturbing things where our shoes uh, could be placed in the hallway, like in a straight line. No mm. one had put them there. And one evening or morning, I think it was an evening, I was in the bathroom. And then I heard my husband getting in, talking. And mm. I opened the door, I get out, and my son comes out. And he also heard him, but he wasn't there. Really? Yeah. And then my son's TV has been weird in many things. But then there was this also a, a girl contacting me all of a sudden in an email. Mm. She said, you don't know me, uh, but I can, like, travel. You know, it sounds really weird. I can travel out of my body. 
and I was in your home and there are some really mean kind of spirit in your house. And this was when my son couldn't sleep and the TV went on and off and the shoes and and she said, but I had been there and I put like something on the door to protect you. And I promise you it stopped. And I don't know. I don't know. But me and my son was like, we don't know. But it was really, (laughs) really weird. And also, and also I said to this kind of ghost or whatever, I said like, okay, you can be here, but you cannot frighten us. And then it's been cool. So I don't know. But if it wasn't a ghost or anything, but it was really weird. Yeah. Do you believe in paranormal uh, experiences? Uh, I want to believe. Um, Mm. I cannot say that I don't believe, uh, but I haven't, I've seen some shapes and and I feel some weird, but I want to believe in paranormal stuff and in ghosts and everything. It would be nice if we could come back, you know, if we're not mean. (laughs) Right, exactly. Yeah, you don't want the the asshole ghosts. (laughs) No, I mean, I would like to visit my family if I would went would go away, you know, up to the sky or somewhere. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I always wondered about that, but I guess we'll find out one day, right? Unfortunately. Yeah, maybe, maybe. (laughs) Maybe, maybe not. Whatever. All right. That was my interview with Annette Olsen. So go check out the uh, full length interview if you haven't watched it yet. Uh, I did another. It did go by pretty fast. (laughs) Uh, I did another interview on my own. Future. Whoa. The future. Moon pie. What a time! What a time to be alive. <laughs> Frost uh, you know. Yeah. Uh, I did another interview on my own, and actually, you guys were supposed to join me on this one, but I think Nate, you had band practice, probably, and I think Greg, you had to work or something. And oh, I wish we were all together. Interview? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, but I was pissed I couldn't do that. Yeah. It's a shame because you know it was a really cool interview. It was, it was he was a really really nice guy, and um, oh yeah, I wish you got, you guys could have been there too. But you know, yeah, we talked. I couldn't get off. And... Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you weren't the best person to have on. So well, yeah. I mean, I don't I don't like Anvil, but Lips is a cool guy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, he's a good storyteller. So either way, you know. But uh, check out this clip with me and Lips from Anvil. And I was I was reading something earlier, and I didn't even know about this. Uh, let me ask you to join Motorhead at one point. Yes, that's right. And you turned it down. I had no choice. Why? I was in the middle of in the middle of recording my third album. I had enough going on during that third album. <laughs> yeah, but you it was know, Motorhead. <laughs> recording that third album, and David Krebs is, is telling us to come and fucking tour with Aerosmith. Lemmy has asked me to join Motorhead. It's like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> Just let me get my job done. You know what I mean? I want to get the album done. As it was, we had to start all over again when we got back from the Aeros- Aerosmith run. <laughs> right, yeah. What year was that? In eighty three. Eighty three, all right. Who left who left Motorhead at that point? Of eighty three, man. Who left who was um the guitar player at Motorhead that it left? It was it was Eddie Clark. It was okay, yeah. Wow. Wow, you could have had a spot in Motorhead. But hey, it worked out for you anyway, so it doesn't matter, I guess, right? Well I mean Motorhead was around well, forever too. It may so. not have worked out if I'd been in Motorhead. Right. You know, maybe that's not working out. That's it's not working out. And I wouldn't have been with Rob. And the fortune for oh, I mean, Pyro, it, it ended up working out you being happened, the same with and either, and, and either would the other 10 other albums that I recorded. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's a lot that 
wouldn't have happened. There would have been no Anvil movie. It would have been really changed history in a huge way. Yeah, yeah you could have got kicked out of Motorhead the first week you were there, and then you would have screwed Anvil up, I guess, right? You That's never know. Right. No, <laughs> there's no way we'll ever know what would have happened or what would have occurred or what the songs would have been like. Yeah, yeah. He would have did a good job, though. Like I said, your guitar playing section. All right, that was my interview with Lips from Anvil. Uh, going back to the King Diamond podcast, Greg, um, our first time having Martin Popoff on the show. Yes. Oh, I can't believe I forgot to mention it. But what? But nah, damn it! I just fucked what? that up. I, Kim Rose, you know, just a small snippet of that interview. That's a highlight, right? There. I was getting to that. Oh. Okay. <laughs> You well, know anyway. what? Just because you mentioned it, we're going to do Kim Rose first. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, getting Kim Rose on the show was like, I, I, maybe we should just end the show because that, that's like one of the biggest guests I, I think I, I've probably ever interviewed. I don't know about you, know, you Greg, that we've had on the show, but uh, it was just really cool because he just kind of like disappeared, you know? And nobody's ever heard him in a long time, and then he just popped up on Facebook one day, and I added him, and I messaged him, and he got back to me, and I was like, "Holy shit!" He actually, you know, talked to us. And then, then I wasn't sure maybe somebody made up an account and they're pretending to be him or whatever. And then to find out when when we called him that it was really him, that was that was awesome, you know. Yeah, imagine somebody catfishing you, and it's just... some like forty year old dude in the like, <laughs> basement. He's like, "Hey guys, I just wanted to get on the show." It'll happen one day. I, I know it will. One day. One day. Yeah. He'll be it like butt naked too. No. But yeah, that that was really cool. I mean, it was like his first interview in like thirty years. Yeah. yeah. Or, well, he said actually he thought it might have been ever. <laughs> <laughs> I know he did do another one. Yeah. yeah. I know he did like a, do another one because he had did have a band at one time, but it wasn't like a big huge interview or anything. But uh, I think this was no, like the he biggest talked about it. But still, that's cool. That uh, oh no, we'll probably have ones that will measure up with it, but nothing really tops that. I mean, come on, personally, it's original drummer. Yeah, no, he was a very cool guy too. And uh, I sent him a T-shirt. I don't know if he ever got it or not. And the tracking never showed it did, but I don't know. And I still try to contact him to this day, and he hasn't he hasn't wrote me back. I know his his phone broke, so. I don't know. I don't know if he's not checking his emails or what, but we kind of lost contact. So I hope one day, or maybe if he sees this, write me back. All right, please. Yeah. Come back. Play yeah, on a please. cover song with us. That'd yeah, that's right. Tell. That would be awesome. So hopefully one day he does come back. Oh, and uh, Ralph Vieira also joins us on this episode too because we did a, uh, a what do you call it? Like uh, he played this on his uh, show as well. So yeah, because we did like a little cross show thing. Yeah. Huge Kim Rose and Merciful Fate fan, and Ralph's always a highlight. I'm so happy he's coming on and doing. Oh yeah, Ra- cool guy Ra- too. Oh yeah, yeah. Ra- yeah. Ra- it's been a lot of fun doing the King Diamond show at Ralph. So. But uh, here's the little clip for um, when we interviewed Kim Ruz, right? We'll be right back. Did you guys have any talks of maybe doing something again when you when you got that award? Yeah, every time uh, we get together, we talk about doing something. But it's, it's like it's like it's like uh, for me, it's like you know when you if you go on holiday, you meet some you meet some interesting people, and when you you're about to go home and you have to say goodbye you say well, we'll meet and we'll do this and we'll do that mm. and you know nothing ever happens it's like the same a lot of right. talk 
Yeah. Nothing, nothing. Uh, I think yeah. every time Hank says to me, I, you have to come and join some of my projects. And I said, yeah, you just call. Nothing ever happens. Hank seems to I be a problem. <laughs> Hank is Hank. He's a, he's a nice, he's a special guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we we're finding that out. So, so Kim, are you still playing drums? Do you have a drum kit at home? Yeah, 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 yeah. Of course I'm playing drums still. But I'm, awesome. I'm, but I'm not, not the, I've got a double bass pedal now. No, not the double bass. It's uh, oh, you sold out. The, the, <laughs> no, a downsized, <laughs> a downsized bit. Uh, to you know, it's, uh, it's it has, uh, I've got a big house uh, and, uh, by the beach, and um, but uh, you know, with two kids staying home and a dog and a wife, and uh, then uh, they need space. And uh, mm. I've got so, uh, I've got a little room for myself uh, <laughs> I can put up the drums and uh, and my uh, sound equipment if I want to. So. I'm so you got, your, your drums are in the closet. No, they're not in the closet. I'd rather uh, give them away than uh, put them on the attic or set, put them in the closet. Mm. Drums are to be played on. Well, that's but good. I You're played, keeping your I chops I played up. a whole kind of music. Okay. I played in the jazz big band. I played the reggae. I played... I played in a reggae band at the uh, same time as I played with Mr. Great. Did you know that? No, I don't. No, I did no, not. <laughs> in the start, uh, in the start, when I started off with Mr. Great, I think I've been playing with him for two or three months. In uh, he had a place, place in in Denmark, you know, called uh, Sudan. Uh, oh. This is a ten or ten rehearsing room, you know, gathered in uh, uh, in one spot where you rented uh, a room, and mm. the door, the next door band was a. Uh, uh, nice, uh, some nice guys playing in reggae, and then the some, some one day that drummer that didn't show up, and I said I can I can I can play with you, <laughs> and then I joined them just for the fun, but the, it didn't become King very well. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he couldn't associate to to come on man Hollis but that's not uh, his style. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. All right, that was Kim Ruz. Very awesome interview. And uh, he talked a little bit about Hank Sherman on there. And it, it was pretty funny because I guess maybe there's some bad blood or, or something, you know. As you know, because Hank Sherman already screwed Michael Denner. Uh, yeah. A bit, you know, with the not telling him about the reunion. But I don't know. Yeah, it's, it is what it is. Uh, another interview I did on my... Oh, no, actually, hold on. Hold on. Oh. Another uh, interview that we did on the uh, King Diamond show, uh, Martin Popoff. Yeah, I thought that was really cool. I mean, I knew who he was like back, way back in the day when I was in my old band, Phoenix Rain. Um, my guitarist somehow started talking to him, and he did all these questionnaires for a book that he was writing, and uh, I ended up answering the questions in that book. So I might be in that book somewhere. Um, so that was pretty cool. But uh, I, you know, I really didn't know too much about him, so. When I saw it, he was like a big King Diamond fan because he did a uh, a Merciful Faith uh, book, right? Yep, yeah, he sure did. It's uh, I think a new round of them actually just got printed. Actually, oh, so really? go to his website and check it out because it's an excellent book. All his books are good, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, that's that's how I knew who he was. I got uh, shit his collector's guide to heavy metal. I think when it first came out, when I was in high school, actually. Really? Yeah. 
That's cool. There's some really cool stuff in there. He's always very thorough and very interesting books. He's done a couple on Blue Oyster Cult that are really cool. Yeah. Yeah. So check out our little interview that we did with uh, Martin Popoff for the uh, King Diamond podcast. And we will be right back. King is, is the, is the biggest sweetheart and a cuddly dude anyway. Yeah. That's right? what's like so he's, funny. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you just, you, you read the interviews with him or you talk to him and he's just so, so enthusiastic about music and he, and he's very moral guy and he likes, he likes talking about moral issues. And then also in the book, you, you find out a little later, like when he explains a lot about what he believes in, uh-huh. it's, um it's, it's a it's not it's not you know witches and devil satanic right. so it's yeah. not even that but it's also you know even um i didn't explore it fully because he went on to what he really believes but it's not even really all that much um you know down the path of the anton levey thing although he says he he kind of bonded with anton about um you know feeling a certain way about stuff but then when king actually explains what he believes it's almost like a a complete strange reincarnation type religion in itself it's not a religion it's just a it's just a very bizarre belief that this whole thing about um what does he say so it's about how um we go through lives and uh and you keep getting is you basically you keep getting reincarnated um because you haven't experienced everything in life yet like killing someone or 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 love or marriage or having kids or or riding a sea do or whatever it is right yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. it's like you you know you keep getting reincarnated uh and then and then possibly i i don't know it, it's all explained in there by king and not me so it's even better okay. but it, right. basically um basically the ideas and and then i think i took a couple runs at it because i let him i let him talk about it a couple times because he kept adding in other things um but i i, I think the idea is you, you don't really pass on to the other world or whatever it's called and that that he also keeps vague as well right uh-huh. you don't pass on to this other world situation until through all your six or seven or 12 lives you've experienced everything a human being is supposed to experience and then you pass on to this other world or whatever right but uh <laughs> the other the other funny thing about Long king is there's there's interesting stuff in here about paranormal things that you know we've all heard of talk about and tell these stories about these par- right, yeah but but even even you'll hear some of the producers talk about the little gremlin that would happen or the weird things that would come on the recordings and stuff right yeah. so uh, you know, they tell these stories and they're perfectly normal guys and you listen to them and you and you sort of just find yourself believing them. Right. And right. even when King explains all that stuff, the way he explains it, because he's such a good explainer. Right. right. Yeah. You basically end up believing them. Right. Mm-hmm. It's like um, I don't think I OK, I might be getting this confused. I don't think this is a King story. No, I, I don't think this is a King story, but I remember hearing a paranormal story. You can you guys are, are experts in this. You can tell me if this is a king story. And if it is, it's actually in the book because I keep I keep forgetting whether this is a king story or not. But about um no, I think part this is why I'm getting this wrong, because part of it is king and part of it that the other detail is not king. But I remember somebody perfectly sober explaining to me a story about a cup lifting off of a desk yes uh, yeah Uh no but wait listen it it gets different there's a twist and the cup turns over like this 
and it pours a big pile of sand onto the desk. Well, that I didn't hear. So that is not part of the King story. But you hear a story like that and you go, wow, that is a crazy, crazy story. And it's almost like the crazier story, like that whole thing where, where people say, oh, you, you can't make this stuff up, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I hear that story and go, wow, that is so, so, so wild that it does sound like something that nobody would make up, right? right. So I don't know. So the long and short of it is, I, I'm not a big paranormal believer, but when King tells me this stuff, I basically actually believe him. <laughs> all right. yeah, yeah. He makes you believe. But yeah. uh, so far, we're we're just um, debunking all his stuff because every guest that we've had on so far has said they have never seen anything. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. Now, does that include any of the guys that were That's, that were there? How about at his parties, I, at his apartment? Got, yeah, uh, Michael Denner said no. Snowy Shaw said no. Uh who was the other? Uh, David Harbour said no. Uh, Dave Harbour said no. Yeah. And who else do we have? I think that's it so far. Oh, no, uh, Pete Black. Yeah, I, I've had some say no's as well. But I'm wondering, uh, it would be interesting to get, to do some research and get like the girl that was in the washroom at the party or the yeah. other guys <laughs> when they were drinking and throwing throwing beer bottles against the wall. And, yeah. and didn't they come back to the party after or something? And this whole thing about... Um, or maybe he was alone when he had that thing where he says, oh, you could stand to the left and stand to the right. And there was this evil smell and then there wasn't right there. Yeah. So there's that one. But there's also like the people have heard in his apartment that the yeah, I've heard that one. Right. And then there was there's an interview with uh, Timmy Hansen on YouTube that I was watching uh, fairly recently. And he explained a, a thing that he saw, like a shadow thing that he saw in, in King's apartment one time. But he's the only one I ever heard talk about that. Yeah. We didn't get to have him on the show, obviously, because he passed away. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I that's yeah. The the whole paranormal thing. I I I suppose I don't really believe it. I mean, at, at the right. bottom, at the face of it, I I guess I don't really believe it. So, right. and if we ever have Kim Rose on, if you're watching this damn show, Kim Rose, you better. Yeah. Get <laughs> All right, we're back. And it was Martin Popoff. Uh, check out the rest of that interview. He actually also does another show with you, Greg, not too long ago. Yes, where we talked about his book. His new yeah. Oyster Cult book, uh, Visual BOC, yeah, and that was cool. Yeah, yeah, I put a little clip of that on here as well. Awesome. We'll go. Yeah, we'll go to it right now. Cool. That was a good interview. Good it book. Was. It was actually on, on this part that I, I picked. Um, he's showing like some of the posters because I remember on the King uh, King Diamond show that we did with him, he was showing all these posters that he does with the colored pencils. Yeah. Yeah, he does some really cool artwork. So I think that's a there's a little bit of it in this clip as well. So. Check that oh, out. Cool. And, uh, yeah. yeah, he does some really cool stuff. So, all right, check out the Greg's interview with Martin Popoff about uh, Blue Oyster Cult. Show you one other thing here. Sure. And this, you know, unfortunately, I, I, I think we didn't put this in there. So I have some regrets. I, I was going to take a picture of this and put it in, but I don't think I did. It's in the pictures on my Facebook and on my site, uh, holding the pages open. But um, there's this little. Um, Oh, wow. Agents of Fortune, uh, you know, thick plastic cube full of sand. And it's a it's a paper. It's a pen holder. See, it's it's got a hole here <laughs> to hold a pen like that in it. So that so that was really cool. That's a neat promo item that I have. Wow, but I don't cool think one. we even I, I, I forgot it slipped my mind to take a picture of it and stick it in the book. So, dang. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> I have, um, and the, well, the one probably isn't in there because it's just a tour scarf. 
you know, they, okay. they made those constantly throughout the 80s. But um, I have a counter display for, I believe, the 8-track of mirrors. It's designed to have the 8-track snap oh, into it. Cool. But it's the car mirror die cut, and it kind of pops out yeah. of the stand. That's nice. Yeah, I don't think that one's in there. But, yeah, there there is uh, one or two from, from Jim that are in there. I think there's a, a Fire of Unknown Origin uh, die cut in there. So, oh, yeah, and, and all the 45 sleeves. I mean, amazing. Even their 45 sleeves are just so cool, right? And then promo pictures and the ads. That's the other thing I always have throughout all my books. I love the I love the ads to the point where I've started drawing ads myself, right? I've started drawing and 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 coloring. And you know, let me show you that too. So so I did this. Um let me see here if I can find these quickly for you. Um so I've even started because I love the ads so much, I started drawing them just black and white to begin with. But then I started doing, um, you know, color ones like like this. So this is uh, make making up my own. Um, oh wow! Making up my own. Uh, this is pencil crayon on black stock. But you know, making up, you know, putting the text in a different place and coming up with different colors. So I've started getting into, uh, here's a Black Sabbath one I made up that doesn't exist. You know, I, I just took some World War II planes and used some text from an old, uh, you know, an old killer's yeah. uh, ad. And then uh, let's see what else we got. I mean, there's another there's another Sabbath one. I'll just show you the other Blue Oyster Cult one. But th- this one's pretty straightforward, a technical ecstasy one. So, yeah, it's just pencil crayon on black stock. But because I love the ads so much and I've always put them in my books. So here's here's a very made up one, right? So that's a that's a photo by a buddy of mine named Rich Galbraith that I that I made and mirrors ad and and came up with my own color scheme on. So there wow. you go. You got Eric there. That's awesome, Martin. So and uh you you know the the really cool thing I like about what you did there is one more there's there's uh, my, there's my Zeppelin presence one. Oh wow! So yeah, that's a really cool idea there. Doing show and tell, I'll just keep going here. Here's here's yeah, whole, why not? Here's the Led Zeppelin whole lot of love one. That's uh, that you know. So what I do is I find old ads where I like the text, but there's not much to the ad, and maybe it was a black and white ad, and then I come up with new stuff. So here's here's one I made up for. From an old magic poster for uh, In Through the Outdoor. So there's huh. there's the In Through the Outdoor text. And then you see guy reading from a book there. That's from an old magic ad, right? That's really cool. And we've got Stranglers. These, these ones that are not on black text uh, are, are not on black paper. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm always stressed out that they're not going to turn out. And I hate doing them while I'm doing them because it's so hard getting the pencil crayon to transfer. Um, but when I'm done, I'm usually happy with it. And here, here's a Stranglers one again using a uh, a magic ad, an old magic poster ad. <laughs> right? So, and then this one's going to be hard to see. But this is this is just white mono, monochromatic white pencil crayon on a gray stock. So that's the damned. And some text from a magic poster calling it black art. And that's really neat. There's, there's the gal from the damn. So anyways, I'll stop there. So, uh, <laughs> so yeah, but yeah, so the Blue Oyster Cult book, 
is uh, is crammed with lots of the ads, right? Because I just love the ads, and, and the Blueister Cult ads are even some of the best ones. So there's even some displayed full, um, you know, some some small. But, um, yeah, I, I even want to do a whole series of books just on ads. I wouldn't mind doing that because I have a big collection of 4,000 of these cutout ads from Melody Maker and Sounds and Enemy, and I, wow. I just right? so. <laughs> Anyways, all right. That was uh, Greg. Welcome back. For off. just fifteen dollars, we'll send you a rat salad review mug. If you just pledge fifteen dollars, <laughs> but if you pledge seventy-five dollars, you get a tote bag. Oh, a tote bag. Pledge a hundred dollars. Yep. We'll autograph your sneakers. Yeah, but then they'd have to send us the sneakers. Okay. Sounds well, like a personal problem to me, but. Who's going to pay for the shipping? Postage. We're too cheap for that shit. Yeah, I'm not paying for postage. Jesus Christ. Yeah, what are you, a mailman? What the fuck? That's why I can't afford to pay for them. Right. I I would not be a mailman during these times. Never. Never. Ever. Anyway. Especially especially during the holiday season. Oh, yeah. Why sully the good name of FedEx? Yeah. God. Terrible. Well, uh... Nate, you've been on the show. I guess it's it's been a year, right? Yeah, it's been yeah. a year. It's been a year, probably about now. Maybe a little bit, uh, maybe a month ago, it might have been a year. Something like that. Something like that. But it, it's been a total pleasure having you on this show. Yeah, it's quite spiced it up. It's fun. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm an agent of chaos. What can I say? Yeah, you are. You, you've been fun. But there, are, there have been times... Where you're a little hungry during the episodes. Yeah. I wonder who I wonder where all that goes. See you sons of bitches. <laughs> <laughs> well, there was I don't one... know what you mean, Wayne. Yeah, I don't know what I mean either. But uh there was one yeah. episode yeah, one episode where we had uh, Lou Mavs on the show and uh Nate got a little overzealous with the chips. <laughs> uh, we'll check that out here. Oh, it's a good one. Yeah, it's it's world. What? Um, what? Does that go? What? Yeah, I wanted you to cut back, and I was going to do the line from Wayne's World. Yeah, but the Doritos—I can't remember what the fucking line is. I don't know. Damn it! That would have been a great joke. Oh well. Here's the here's we the clip. We never do product placement, Wayne. We've got more integrity than that. <laughs> and then he goes, "Well, that's your choice, and it's the choice of the new generation." And holds up. Have anything. <laughs> hold up a Black Star amp. It will be sponsored by Black Star. Get this new Halloween Black Star amp. Only yours. Nice One oh nine. Gosh, Greg, these Doritos are so energizing and refreshing. <laughs> yes, they are. All right, go check out the clip with Nate eating chips. It's pissing me off. Ozzy's attempt at singing, but I'm just like, um, I don't think I don't think most people could have pulled off what they did. So, oh, we got somebody else. Hello. Hey, that is Nate. Nate is here. I'm the other host. Ah, oh, hello, Nate. Hey. <laughs> Cheers. This is Lou Mavs. It's called or a Lou. fashionable entrance. Or, or, or Lou, how do you pronounce your full last name? I can never figure that out. Mavrudis. 
Remember what it's not. Right. It's not as hard as I thought it was. That's why I just keep the first syllable and pluralize it. <laughs> but Nate, Lou, Lou, Nate. Cheers. How you doing, man? Good. How are y'all? Good. Yeah. Uh, he says, I wish uh, the others all the best. I really do. Um, do I still love them? Yes. I certainly don't resent them. I just wish them well. Uh, he's made it uh, very well known to everybody who was important that I wanted something that was fair. And it just didn't happen. Even if someone had held a gun to my head, I couldn't have signed the contract. It was one of the most regrettable things I've ever done through my life. And I was particularly sad for the fans for over how things ended up. But that hasn't stopped me from loving the guys. Black Sabbath is where my heart lies. Sabbath going. Well, I mean, you, you know, slower. you can say Sharon or Ozzy or whatever at some point. But at some point, you also have to acknowledge the fact that Iomi and Geezer would have been equal partners with Ozzy in it. You know, it's not like they didn't have any say on I don't understand why he, why they all turned around and were kind of like, oh, well, fuck Bill. You know, actually... I think Ozzy actually sued Tony for co-ownership of the name Black Sabbath sometime around 2006, which is why in 2007, when they reunited with Ronnie, you know Bill Ward was originally supposed to be part of that. But again, he said there was a contract dispute, which is why he didn't sign on, so they got Vinny back in. But by Mm -hmm. early 2007, Ozzy and Tony both co-owned the name Black Sabbath. So Geezer has nothing to do with it. And Mm. Bill, I just feel like he gets shafted because, uh, well, most people think, oh, he's just a drummer. They could get anybody else. Well, I think it proved having Brad Wilk and Tommy Clufetos, you can't just get anybody else when it comes to Black Sabbath. You need Bill Ward. The, The sum equals the whole of that band. You can't have a... That's not to say that other Sabbath lineups didn't create great music. But, you know, that's just content that they put out that was just really good. Some people prefer uh, an album like Headless Cross or... or, uh, Some do like the Seven Star, actually. Um, What's the the one between that? Uh, Eternal Idol. Some people Mm -hmm. even think Born Again is like the last good Sabbath album, the one with Ian Gillen. It is. But, it's the best album they ever <laughs> recorded. <laughs> but, you know, they, <laughs> now, I love that album, so I, I can't say anything bad about it, but there's just the magic about the original four that you can't replicate with anybody else. Well, except for Ronnie James Dio on Heaven and Hell and Once Ian Dio Gillen on More Again. Him. That is a perfect album, in my opinion. So, well, you know, once Dio came in, they had a singer that could actually sing, so it really opened up the possibilities for what they could do. Dio project, which is kind of ironic, though, because if you think about it, where did Ronnie just come from before Black Sabbath? Rainbow, and right. uh, which Rainbow like, was well, the best thing he ever did. To, and like those concerts were like an hour and a half long, where they only played seven seven songs. And they stretched each song out to like 20 minutes and made it a jam session. So maybe, maybe he got sick of that, doing that with Richie, and he didn't want to do that with uh, Sabbath. So maybe that's what happened. I mean, okay. Sabbath would be a jam band because they'd be always on acid. <laughs> this is true. Yeah. We'll okay. Get Hello, we'll, we'll get you on the show and find out. 
Uh, Steel Panther. What? Let's get a seance going. We'll, we'll, we'll get Robbie back. <laughs> what would we have to do to what kind of seance would we need to get Theo back? <laughs> we play candle mass with Messiah uh, just to uh, get Lemmy on. first. I want Lemmy back first. You want Lemmy back first? All right. Then Dave Brocky, then we can do Geo. This should be a next show. All right, I want in on that. Bring back the did. I never heard it. It's and awesome. New pedal has a long has long been a rumor started by Panther guitarist Satchel, and will become a reality when it ships to the public this summer. Limited production run on Butthole Burner will retail for one ninety nine, and if you can chew those fucking chips any goddamn louder, I'd appreciate it. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> mute, <Nate>, mute. <laughs> he needs a fucking mute button. All right, we're back, and that was Nate being obnoxious as usual. And actually, I think that was the first episode that we had Lou Mavs on the show. Yes, it was. Yes. Yeah. Yep. He's a very also cool guy. Fun. Yeah, he's he's fun. I've known him for quite a long time. He was uh, he's actually a, a friend of my old singer. And he used to come to my shows all the time. And uh, we didn't really talk too much, but, you know, we did a little bit, not, not too much. And I don't know what it is. Like, over the last few years, uh, when he joined Facebook, we started talking. And then when he started making his own podcast, I, I made him, you know, I, I wanted to, him to put his show on our network because he does a very good show. Yep. But uh, I, I thought maybe he could use a little help, but I don't know if it's helping any at all, but... Uh, if anybody hasn't heard Lou's show, uh, please go check it out. It's uh, Music is Life, and you can find it on our, ne- our network, or you can just find it up uh, on his own thing, Lou Mavs. And I think he's on iTunes, Anchor, pretty much everywhere. Yeah. But uh, he's a very, very Always cool guy. Always through YouTube on us. Always a cool show with him. Oh, yeah. Actually, I just did a show with him uh, a couple of nights ago. Um, check yeah. that one out. It should be up soon. Uh, we talk about ECW. Uh, oh, Eric yeah. Anna, yeah, Eric Adams was also on that show, and uh, you know when you do a show with Eric Adams, you don't really get to talk that much. <laughs> no, but it's always uh, very funny. It usually is very funny. And uh, speaking of Eric Adams and Beyond Bushido, which is the show he is on, uh, they actually came on our show, uh, an album versus album show. Yep. And um, they pretty much took over the show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that uh, that was interesting. That was a great. Yeah. It, it was a great show. We tried to do an album versus album. I mean, we kind of loosely no way did we it. We can but... even edit that show down. No, really, all of it is hilarious and interesting. It and is. It, none of it had to do with either of those albums, really. Not really. We very loosely, but it, it was funny. It was hard for me to pick a clip of what to do from this episode, but I picked a clip where he, where Eric actually came on the screen and he was going through the kids' stuff in the room. They were showing all the autograph things, so I thought that was hilarious. So, <laughs> uh, Eric's yeah, a fucking character. Yeah, he, he's funny as shit. But uh, yeah, uh, check that clip out with uh, Beyond Bushido on Album versus Album, and we'll be right back. <laughs> don't, don't. <laughs> yeah, that's why I thought the Holocaust was. <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay, with your with your it's NWA World War Al- based with your White Power T-shirt on right now, Eric. Great way to go. Hold on. Hold on. Here we go. So here are the belts. Jesus as you guys Christ. Can see. Yeah. Then this is the collection of all like his sports memorabilia and his four DeLoreans 
And well, the football j- player gloves are gone. Here's the goalpost I was talking about in the corner. I bet you're the 40 year old Batman. The first no, you don't stand. No, this guy fucks, okay? Wait, Trust me. Wait, who's star- autographed that I'm, baseball? I'm starting to get this now. All this sports memorabilia, all this high dollar stuff. He was the sealed witness in the Penn State trial, wasn't he? Pretty much. Wait, who is that? That's the entire 2015 Braves. 2013 hey, Braves. He kind of looks like Quaylen. Yes, he does. It is. That's exactly who it is. But now we'll go through this. Here's the autograph, Andre the Giant photo certified that he got. <laughs> then we have autograph AJ Styles, autograph John Cena, autograph Kenny Omega, <laughs> autograph Marty Skull, autograph CM Punk. <laughs> I mean, it's, he had to have inherited. Well, what is this that's worth $500? The Almighty Avengers? Why is it worth $500? Because it's the variant issue of number three. It's Eminem and, and, <laughs> and Iron Man. Hold on. Here's the <laughs> autograph Harry Potter with uh, Emma and Daniel Ratcliffe and the other guy. Like, you guys don't understand how much like stuff. That. You guys have no idea how much stuff I've, we've just cleared out of this fucking room. Does does he have, does he have you realize first, uh... I could pay, if I stole one of those boxes right now, Brady, I could pay my rent for the next six months. <clears throat> does he have the first Walking Dead comic? Do you have the first Walking Dead comic? No, I don't. He doesn't like Walking Dead, so he does not have that. Um, what about Ninja Turtles? What about Ninja Turtles? He just has those because they're WWF figures. He likes everything. What the fuck is all this? He's got drawers of sh- What the fuck? Keep still. Keep still. Look at this. He has drawers full of fucking memorabilia, too. I think he's selling this stuff. This is all no, bootlegs. he's not selling it. This is all, all bootlegs. Shit. <laughs> Look at this fucking guy. He, he went to China. There's a Chinatown in Atlanta. It's yeah, very well, secretive. Here are all his fucking authentic fucking football jerseys autographed by the players. Okay, he's got Todd Gurley. Okay. Well, no, that's his. You, he inherited all of these. He has to have. No, no he. I worked for the team. He worked for the team. Okay. He was. Sense. He shaved his head, and they were like, oh, of course, buddy. Yo, all right. You ready for this? I can see him right now trotting out as uh, the honorary bat boy for the autograph Chipper Jones shoes. World Series 30th anniversary jersey. That's the actual 95 World Series welcome to the show jersey. Wow. Look at that. Look at it. Yeah. Look, he wasn't even fun. born. He wasn't <laughs> even born. Yeah. He wasn't born. Yes. Oh, fuck? and if one Chipper Jones wasn't worth enough, there's a Swanson. That's authentic infield play. What else do we got? That's a Gwinnett Braves Back to the Future jersey. Wow. Or Kazmar. Game Warren. Game Warren, excuse me. Rock rock Kazmar. God forbid I don't mention the fact it was Game Warren. (laughs) (laughs) What's this? Auburn? No, that's white. Wait, 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 wait. Who who is that? Is that the is that um Auburn was he the pitcher for him? Georgia football. No, that's you. Oh, that's your lacrosse. Because that's right, you did play for Georgia. Here we go. Vir- Why do you have a Virginia Tech jersey? That's, a, that's the University of Virginia. That's uh, Virginia. Uh, wait, what's this? Uh, Matthew Stafford fucking official. Fucking of course NFL he has a Matthew jersey. Stafford official. I fucking hate you. Get me out of your house now. I want to die. I've been out of his house in five minutes. I can't get out of his house, is what I'm trying to tell you. There's so much memorabilia here. If I take one step, 
if I take one step right now, I'm going to wind up breaking something worth $10,000. <laughs> oh, boy. Right. He well, is a hey, memorabilia he... monster. That's I am insane. A, uh, going back to right, our that was show. Uh, Beyond Bushido on album versus album. Uh, fucking hilarious episode. So go check it out because it's it was really worth a watch. It was really messed up, made absolutely no sense, but it was funny. Oh, funny yeah. shit. Uh, I did another uh, interview show on my own uh, with Jordan Landy, and um, on this clip that I picked, he talks about his time with Dio, and uh, I thought it was very interesting. So uh, get that little clip a, a watch and actually go back and, and check out the whole interview i mean Jorn landy he likes to talk a lot so the episode is is a lot longer than i usually like to have but he he does have some interesting things to say so uh if you haven't watched it give give it a look see all right so go check out this little clip of uh, Jorn landy and we'll be right back yeah now how come the uh the ingve malmstein thing didn't work out with you no, no. I, I was just, uh, you know, helping uh, Ingvi out with that. Uh, well, first it was one tour, and then there was mm. another one because his former singer had left the band. Yeah. Uh, Mark Bowles yeah. uh, had left, and um, so basically that's what that was all about. And uh, yeah, and it didn't really, you know, at first it was all good, and you know, I mean, he's he's from Sweden, so I mean, I could talk to him <laughs> and stuff. So we were kind of on the same page with that, yeah. but, but um, uh, yeah, but eventually, you know, it, it kind of uh, changed along the way, you know, so it was a lot of stuff going on there, which was not really, not good stuff. Um, uh, it's a lot of, uh, you know, disrespect within the whole organization there and uh, going on, which is, I guess I was the one who, who brought subjects to the table when the, most other people didn't say anything, you know. So mm. I guess I was the, I was taking all the <laughs> heat for it, right? Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. So that must be my uh, Nordic uh, blood, you know. <laughs> but uh, um, you know, it's a Viking, it's a Viking, Viking thing, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, if, if there's a lot of bullshit going on, you just want to address the problem, right? And right. Uh, uh, and I, you know, I guess I was the one who who did that, and uh, so I was the one to to, to take the heat for it. And um, so I, you know, it didn't work out. In the end, there was a lot of, I would say, soap opera going on. There was, uh, in the end, we had like uh, there were police, and uh, there were there was uh, we were arrested, and there was a lot of stuff for going what? on there that people don't know. <laughs> yeah, well, you got to give us something now. Come uh, on. <laughs> Tell you the story. One day I'll tell you the detailed story through some kind of uh, uh, maybe a biography or something. Which is, is, I mean, isn't that typical? People write a book yes. or something, and then mm-hmm. pretty much explain you what you were... actually went down. I guess I'll I'll get to that same uh, <laughs> same point uh, maybe someday. I, mean, I have a lot of stories to tell. So it, it might be interesting to some. Yeah, I'm sure it would be. You didn't, you didn't bring him a box of donuts yeah. and apologize to him. <laughs> oh, no, no, not really. I was. I had nothing really to apologize for. I think you know, and uh, uh, in general, I think maybe it should be the other way around. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and, uh, 
So uh, yeah, it still, still owes it still owes me a lot of money. So if you're oh. gonna start that, then we can <laughs> then we mm. can go in that direction. But uh, mm. you know, I'm a I'm a I'm a guy who's kind of like you know, I just move on. I don't right. Right. I don't hold any grudge to, to, yeah. towards the past. I always also believe that uh, you know people. Uh, sometimes change you know and, and uh, you can't really uh, see someone as a bad seed for the rest mm. of your life you know of right. course there are examples where people never change of course but i think it's a healthy thing to believe that uh, you know that was what happened back then and it was a nasty thing it wasn't good um now that's a long time ago, and um, you just moved on, and uh, you're on different places, you know, today. And uh, I wish every every everyone, uh, you know, good luck with everything and uh, good health and all that. You know, it's just that sometimes you don't want to have some someone in in your tea, you know. <laughs> you know? <laughs> that's always the best way because you don't know what the other people are going yeah, through yeah, at and, the time, and, and, and you never know, and you never know what what. Uh, you never know what what happens uh, with people, you know, in the future. So right, yeah, exactly. You don't want to sever any ties. Just I mean, in case, I met, you know? I met people that uh, I, you know, I met people that I would never want to see again in my life, <laughs> and and then I've met them now. Like uh, even uh, not long ago, I met somebody, and and it was a guy which I, I never really liked, and he did a lot of. Uh, bad things uh, uh to me uh, in the past and oh, really? and suddenly he was it was suddenly it was totally different you know oh, he, wow. he actually he actually you know came and you know wanted to talk to me and said oh, he was sorry for everything in the past and he wanted everything to be you know and he he actually took a lot of self criticism for a lot of things and he was you know such a sweet guy all right, that was my interview with Jorn Landy, and I also did uh, one more interview. Oh, no, actually, I have one more after this one, but uh, the first time I met Lisa Mann. Oh, yeah. Uh, that was yeah, it was pretty cool. I had no idea who Lisa, Lisa Mann was at all, and um, somebody added on, on uh, Twitter had um, a friend by the name White Crone, and I'm like, who the hell is White Crone? And I, I just click on the name, because she's got this picture. If you, have, if you have the album, or if you go to her website, you see her like with this hood on, and you know, she looks like mysterious or whatever. So I, I checked it out and I'm like, oh, she's in a band. So when I found out it was metal, I was like, oh, let me see if um, she'll come on the show. And thankfully she said yes. And uh, pretty much she's been a friend of this show ever since, you know? Yeah, Lisa's awesome. And it's funny because I knew some of her blues stuff, but I had no idea she uh, had a metal band. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and she recorded pretty much the whole album by herself. I mean, she tried to do drums a little bit, but then she got. Uh, a drummer she known uh, to record the drums, but everything else is pretty much her. So it's a cool. uh, very awesome album. So if you haven't checked that out, uh, White Crone, the, uh, the Poisoner, very good album. Um, and Lisa Mann, she's really awesome. She joins us on our King Diamond show all the time. <clears throat> She'll come on the Rats Out Review show. She's been on the Alvarez album show and uh, some other shows that we have. But uh, And does her own live cast usually every Tuesday. Yeah, pretty much. And does yeah, wish blues music to help you uh, take your pandemic blues away. Yeah, yeah, she's one that really got hurt with the whole pandemic thing because yeah. that's music is her life, you know. 
and she gets to tour, not tour, but she's always doing shows and stuff like that. So she can't really do that. And she's just trying to sell her albums and doing whatever she can to make money. So if you can support her, please support Lisa because she could really use it. All right. So go check out my little interview I did with Lisa and we'll be right back. 11 years old. Uh, Actually, I was like probably eight years old, seven, eight years old. And I started playing. My mom had an acoustic guitar. And I, I would hear like bass lines from like Deep Purple and I would learn how to play the bass lines or, or Cream or Led Zeppelin and stuff like that. And because that's my mom, my mom, my parents weren't hippies, but they were hippie adjacent, you know, so <laughs> they kind of they had Steppenwolf records and all that. And so I would play along with that stuff. And the first song I ever learned how to play actually was Space Trucking, was okay. uh, Deep Purple. And uh, so... You know, I plunked that out on on a, on a acoustic, and I wanted a bass. I was really into Kiss, man, and I thought Jason is so cool. So, I I wanted a bass, and so I went to this pawn shop is in Charleston, West Virginia, and I'm 11 years old, and I saw this Beetle bass, and it was you know the 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 violin shaped bass, but it had a scroll yep. on top, and uh, I was like, I gotta have that bass, and. Uh, I actually worked at a pet store, like sweeping the floor for like a day and I earned 10 bucks <laughs> and I turned, okay. took that 10 bucks and I put that bass on layaway. And then I walked home from school every day for that whole year. And I would eat like toast or can of beans. I mean, I was like totally malnourished, you know, <laughs> but I had to have that bass. And I would say, right. and here's this little kid coming in there and here's another 10 bucks, mister, you know, putting that bass on layaway. I still have that bass. Oh, really? I just love the sound of the bass. I love the sound of bass lines, even mm. if it was like in a movie score or something. Yeah. You know, I just mm. love. I just, I just loved it. I don't know. Yes. And then when I was twelve, I moved out. My family moved out. My mom moved out to Oregon. A friend of mine gave me Iron Maiden Killers. And that was it. Mm. I was off. That was yeah. it. It oh, changed, could, totally changed why. my life. Yeah, Iron Maiden Killer. <laughs> I was off to the races. Uh, are you a fan of Alice Cooper at all? Cooper I am band. a fan of Alice Cooper. Oh. Yeah, I am oh. a fan of Alice Cooper. You know, yeah, A Billion Dollar Babies is a brilliant album. That is a very brilliant album. Um, I, reason why I bring that up because yeah, reason why I bring that up because uh, his bass lines on Alice Cooper albums those always stick out to me for some reason. Yeah. I just maybe because he does you know those little in between things and just That's stuff like right. that. You know, it's not too many bass That's players that do that kind of stuff. All right, the that was my interview with the Saxon. Yes, that was my interview with Lisa Mann, and like you just said, Nate, the rebirth of Uncle Saxon. Uh, this next clip, Uncle Saxon w- was gone for a while, and I mean, he's still gone now, but uh, he contacted me one day and kind of wanted to come back on the show to do an album versus album, and uh, he wanted to do, what was the two albums? It was Dio and Black Robles Sabbath, right? and uh, Holy Diver. Yeah. So I said, sure, Good come thing. on the show. What I did not know when I told him to come on the show, he would have no teeth. Yeah. <laughs> Did not know that at first either. He was completely toothless. But hey, it's Uncle Saxon, and uh, we still love him either way. So wherever you are, Uncle Saxon, we hope you're doing okay. And uh, maybe one day you can come back on the show. Right? Maybe. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. 
Yeah. But it's always a fun time with Uncle Saxon on the show. So check out this clip and we'll be right back. So, you sit, so, you, <laughs> sit, so you sit down to watch Brent Sound review and forget about your troubles and hammer down a bottle of white wine. And shrimp. Yeah. Diddly diddly. White wine spritzer. And white wine. Little Chuck Eric for your ass there. Uh, all right. So, can you see me? I mean, my we, face is perfectly uh, in my picture, so. Your face is as good as it's going to look. You can uh, see it I see him it. fine. Yeah, he's you're uh, fine. <laughs> or, my nipples hurt when you pinch them. <laughs> Welcome to Album vs. Album. What's going on, everybody? Oh, shit. What the fuck is that thing? Who are you? It's the squad. It's the squad. I'm a cannibal humanistic underground dweller. It's here to advertise. The chud. I'm the chud. The chud. (laughs) (laughs) Uncle Saxon, who who the hell let Uncle Saxon on the show? Um, it was you, Wayne. You you actually called me and begged me to come on, if I remember I, right. And, um, and it's like uh, the ratings are so low that uh, we need you back, Uncle Sax. I'm like, well, you know something. I'm uh, I'm kind of doing my own thing, and uh, Dragon, you know, he's uh, jerking off with uh, uh, the felching pole in his butt, and Nate, you know, he uh, he doesn't even seem to know what's going on. He just makes macaroni and cheese and fucking slathers himself. I'm just pulling it and, the uh, Joe Biden way. I'm just saying <laughs> that, uh, you know, I thought I would come on and save your show. So here I am. Oh, well, I'm so glad I called and thought of calling you. It was a good idea. Welcome back for now. Thank you, brother. I love you guys, by the way. I uh, I miss love you with all my heart. Too. I wish I could hug each and every one of you individually and uh, kind we're of maybe maybe slope it in. I don't know. We're, <coughs> we're, we're good like this. It's, it's Buy me a drink first. I'm surprised. Nobody has a mask on. I'm the only one with a mask on. We're, we're, I'm eating barbecue. He's a mask. What, what do you have? Like, what do you have? Like people sick in your home or something? Why the fuck would you wear a mask in your own house? Wait a minute. You're not supposed to wear it like 24 hours? Wait, it's upside down. And I, I mean, I, I already knew you were from New York, so I knew you were half a re-re, but I guess you're full-blown now that you're wearing a mask in the basement. Wait, I thought we were supposed to wear it like 24-7. Where would you guys have You're reminding me of Kyle's Rockaway? cousin Kyle. So I don't have to wear it in the house. Yeah, 24 seconds every the seven ever minutes. sick Jew. Uh, 24 seconds every seven. <laughs> yeah, that's totally the regulation. <laughs> Fucking right. So, Wayne, I'll, I'll set the stopwatch here. <laughs> Ready? Only Go. for 24 seconds every seven minutes, or you will get sick and die. <laughs> hey, Blasio fucking has been all over the tube, and so is uh, Como, and, uh, you know, we just yes. got to trust they, uh, what they tell us. All right, well, that was Uncle Saxon making his appearance back on the show. Uh, another episode that we had, um, another band I had no idea about, and Greg, this was one of your uh, picks, uh, Bill Lindsay from the band Impaler. Impaler, yes. Yeah, he's a yep, really but, cool uh, guy. It was also one of Uncle Saxon's favorites. Oh, really? Oh, I yeah. forgot. A, oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot all about that. 
But uh, it was actually at the time we were doing this interview, it was the 35th anniversary of his uh, first album. So it was kind of cool. We got to talk about that. And then we got to find out that Bill Lindsay was this huge wrestling fan, which is really cool. So we got into the wrestling talking and found out a lot of really cool stuff. So here's our first interview with Bill Lindsay. You got anything else to say, Greg? Bill's an awesome guy, and I love him, Taylor. They're, they're a fun band. And, uh, yeah, from the wrestling and just we like uh, a lot of the same 70s bands and stuff like that. Bill's just always a lot of fun to talk to. Really loves metal and the scene overall. Yeah. Yeah, and, and he just uh, watch perform and oh, yeah. the last band I saw before the pandemic. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, and we talk about that. We have him on again uh, yep. not too long ago, but uh, yeah, go check out his band and uh, they got a new album out, the the Great Hereafter. He actually just sent it to me. I don't have it here with me. It's upstairs, but uh, yeah, he just sent that to me and it's really good. So go check out his stuff. And another guy that you know needs uh, everybody's support. You know, got to yep. keep these bands going. So go check out our first interview with Bill Lindsay from Impaler. <laughs> so, yeah, that's interesting. So you got entertainment in the front and in the back. That's right. <laughs> How Everybody many shows did you have lined up for this year? Um, well, we're going to fly out for that as a one-off. Typically, like when we do things like that, we kind of uh, wrap it around a road trip. Mm. But we were just going to fly out and do that show you know we don't travel as much as we used right. to i as i'm uh i'm i don't i don't enjoy being on the road as much anymore right. i like to be home yeah. i like to be with my family and walk my dog and and do those kinds of things so <laughs> uh so what we try to do is play uh more festivals and things like that where we mm-hmm. can play and, and a bunch of people from around the region will come to the festival and yeah. and see us like uh we did ragnarok in chicago and uh northern wisconsin has one each summer that we do and so we try and do that now yeah. so just not uh, not traveling as much yeah also it makes more sense too because that way you know people are going to be at those shows you know yeah you know you don't have to play tuesday night in uh fort wayne indiana because that's what's available you know right yeah <laughs> so, but fort wayne is great to play i mean i play fort wayne any day of the week but you know it, just playing on mondays and tuesdays and things like right. that <laughs> just doesn't cut it especially nowadays i mean i was just when i was um looking up uh some info about your band and um yeah so you have a i think your first album is uh 35 years this month yeah yeah it's 35 yeah. years yeah uh coming up next week yeah it oh, came man. out the same day as bonded by blood and um a couple other combat releases oh, uh venom possessed we were all released on the same day that that year 35 years ago um, oh, not too- uh, the copy of possessed i have the combat flyer mentions uh rise oh, of the really? mutants on the bottom uh-huh it's got a pic it shows a bunch of the releases and impalers at the bottom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I think right underneath of Bonded by Blood, actually. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we all came around. I, I think, um, you know, important out in New York, they're the, they were the distributor. They were the mothership for combat and IRD, which is the first label that we put out Rise of the Mutants on. Um, they also, I think, uh, released... 
uh, Slayer Hell Awaits, I think, at, on the same day, too, because they distributed all the bands. Oh, they distributed cool. Megaforce and Metal Blade and uh, any other metal label at that time, and, and an alternative labels, too, but they were a huge distribution. And that's why uh, our records got into place, like malls, you know. We weren't some like it seems nowadays our releases are more geared towards metal shops, you know, punk and metal shops. But back then having that distribution through important was huge because it, all the malls and everything, you know, carried their product. So Impaler was sneaking into the malls there too. So corrupting the youth of America. (laughs) Yeah, man. Well, and you know that that's why I always loved the fact that you called it shock rock too, because I was really into Alice Cooper and those seventies bands. Because mm-hmm. my dad was into that type of stuff and the new wave of British heavy metal and all. So when I first heard Rise of the Mutants, I was like, "This is great! It's like somebody turned Iggy and the Stooges into a metal band." Yeah, well, that's a, <laughs> and, that's a huge compliment. When, Happy birthday, Iggy! Yes, happy yeah. birthday, Iggy. He turned 75. Wow. Man, still kicks ass on people that are half his age, you know? Yeah, of course. Oh, yeah. Such a vibrant performer. <laughs> Absolutely. God, I didn't know he was that old already. Wow. All those yeah, when, right there. Yeah. when I heard you do the Raw Power cover on uh, If We Had Brains the first time, I went nuts, though. I thought that was the coolest thing in the world. <laughs> oh, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, we had to pay homage to the Stooges. I mean, the Stooges and the MC5 bands like that, that had kind of uh, not been, I don't want to say been forgotten. That's a bad way to frame it. But um, um, just make people of the new generation aware of those bands that kicked so much ass in, uh, you know, 1969 and 1970. So we definitely, they were definitely huge influences as we were uh, forming and and starting to record and wanted to inject that into our releases. So, you know, if you don't hear it in the sound, then we made it obvious by playing mm. one of the Stooges songs. So. <laughs> All right. And that was Bill Lindsay from Impaler. Um, here's a podcast that I did. I'm still, I guess I'm still kind of doing, I don't know what's going on. The Timo Tolki podcast. It's been a while since I talked to him. Some shit's been going on and, uh, I don't know. I haven't really talked to him about it. And I want to, but we'll see what happens. But uh, this episode that well, we did... what? Don't you have to send him $200 first? No, I don't. <laughs> no, it's three. Oh, three. Excuse me. He doesn't anyway. Cheap. Anyway. Uh, this episode that we did was really cool. He started to invite some guests on the show and the first one that he invited on was Jorg Michael the old uh, drummer from Stradivarius and uh, they had a lot of really cool stories to tell with each other especially Jorg just had, had so much shit to tell so uh, you know because he's been in fucking music even way before Stradivarius he was in Rage he was in uh, what other shit was he in um, uh, not Destruction what was the other band uh, that Shmir had um... uh, Headhunter Headhunter yes yep yeah. he was in Headhunter yeah. So many uh, other bizarre bands. gardening accident. That's a really good album by them that he's on. I think yeah. it be their first one or second. I can't yeah. remember now. Been a long time since I listened to Headhunter. Mm. 
Yeah. Oh, and he was also in Gravedigger too for a little while too. But he's been in so many freaking bands. But uh, yeah. So on this uh, little clip, he talks uh, little stories about the Stradivarius, and we will be right back. I was uh, tour managing uh, a Swedish uh, rocker, Semapol. What was a very nice experience for me and uh, for the band, of course, as well, uh, because first time in their life they had a proper tour manager. <laughs> but um, then all of a sudden, yeah, Timo gave me like a, a, a call or a shout or a WhatsApp. I don't can't remember that he will be there. And also, uh, then the Hammerfall guys told me that Timo had supported them with uh, some Colombian uh, fake. Stratovarius people to play Stratovarius songs in front of their shows in South America. Is that correct, Timo? Yes, it's correct. Yeah. Last September, yeah. Yeah, it, it's not so long ago, exactly. And uh, this is the last time we saw, and before that, we saw in maybe the beginning of last year in Nostori Club in Helsinki, where I visit the band. Exactly. The because I'm still friends with yeah. Jens, Timo, and the other guys. I'm still the manager of Stratovarius. Okay. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he is. Um, I'm also the agent. And um, so we had some talks. And then uh, because they played Helsinki, so they asked me to come around. And it would be nice for the fans if I would play a little bit. And I uh, choose, or they gave me the opportunity to play Kiss of Judas. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what I was not happy with to play at all, but... <laughs> Uh, <laughs> what would you have rather pick? For one song, for one song, I still can do it a little bit. But yeah, it was like a super time. And then uh, Timo came down with his wife, Dominica. And uh, I think that was, yeah, maybe February last year or something, or May, I can't remember. Eight, and eight, before eight. that, we haven't seen since wow, 2006 or something. Oh, okay. wow. Yeah. Wow. Now, how did you I take think, the... What, Timo? I think 2008, that's when I left. Oh, sorry, 2008, yeah. yeah. I mean, hey, 2006, 2008, it's like light years ago. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah, but true. we are true. We were like still touring until 2007. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and then we left at 2008, it might be true, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, we, sorry that I mixed we, this up. Here. We did a tour in the States in 2006. Yeah, and we were touring together in 2007, uh, already uh, still South America. Yes, exactly. It was also a time when you already lost it completely. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> <laughs> it happened, but what can I say? <laughs> no, you don't have to say anything. I'm happy that we made free freedom again. Yes. We made peace, you and me. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you have been, and this is what I tell everybody, I have a long history of playing in different bands with different band leaders. Yeah. But when he was at the peak of his abilities, the best band leader, best songwriter, best producer was Timo Tolki in my life, which I have worked with. And I'm not saying this because there have been different times. Yeah. It was not exactly that I wanted to kill this guy. It was not that far, but it was close. But I... I I'm not exactly a stupid guy. I'm most of the time drunk, okay? That is not a crime. But on the other side, sometimes I also think. Right. Um, and I don't want anybody in this whole world go through what Timo has to went through. Right. This is what you need to know to understand the whole story. 
And being here, I don't have to make an interview with Wayne or New York or whatever. I do this as a favor to my newfound friend, Tremo. Mm. This is basically the truth about it. And I'm happy to see him again, even if it's only a video. Yeah. Timo Altolki. Altolki. Yeah, it's Italian. <laughs> I think you are Mexico, right? Yes, in Monterey. Yeah, yeah, you are in Mexico. We played here. Um, we played here. It but it's lot. like also like I have fun doing this here, and it's nice to uh, to remind me of things I normally don't think about it. Um, I have a different life now. I uh, choose not to be a drummer anymore, yeah. and uh, I have also like a couple of children I have to take care about and blah blah blah. But uh, this is basically the story behind this. But of course, there was a times. There was some time when it was not fun anymore. Yes, yeah, yeah. he's a he's a happily married man with about two kids. All right, we're back uh, again. I had another interview on the Timmy Timo Tolki podcast, and he on the his... Timmy Tolki podcast. Timmy Tolki, Timmy 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 Timmy. I make one mistake. One mistake. <laughs> and the Lord's on the world. <laughs> yeah. Terrible. It's terrible what you guys do to me. The Timo Tolki podcast. Uh, he invited his old bassist, Yari. I cannot pronounce his new name. I'm not doing it. You can't pronounce the Yari. Fair enough. Don't even try. Yeah. I, yeah, exactly. So I'm not going to even try to pronounce it. But uh, go check out that interview. Again, he's telling some more st uh, funny stories about some bad times that he had in Stradivarius and in some good times, too. But this was a very cool interview. So we'll be right back. It's a fucking cool band, though. Jörg Michael told me this. You know, after the episode, I told the guys I start composing the next album. Mm. So Jörg thought I went to some cabin in the forest, Look. which I didn't. I was at home. So... In one and a half days, I sent text messages. The album is ready. Okay. So the visions is composed in one and a half days. Yeah. Whole album. <laughs> you know. I was oh, so motivated. Oh. And then I said to Timo, come to my home and we sang the, the, the demos. You know. Mm -hmm. Because you always have to do that. Yeah. Why, why are you like halfway in the picture? What the fuck? In I don't know. What do I have? <laughs> now he's in a breeding, breeding machine in the hospital. Am I in a half? He's <laughs> <laughs> got a, uh, an IV hooked up to him. <laughs> Maybe he's got COVID. He's in a hospital. Yeah. I'm in a hospital, yeah. <laughs> This is Timo Timo Tolki's last days. Timo uh, this is the end. This is the end. Pray for me. This is the end, beautiful friend. <laughs> this is the end, my only friend. The end. <laughs> hey. This is the Timpa. end. No. Timpa. Do no. you remember we were on a? Was it like a maybe '96 or something? We were in Japan. And uh, we were walking on streets, and there was uh, these uh, streets players. Yeah. And, uh, hey, can you play for me Dust in the Wind or something? <laughs> then they Did start you? to play, and then you Did walked they? away. Did I? 
<laughs> Why? Really, I don't know. Really douchebag. Like, unbelievable. We were watching with Jörg. Like, what the fuck is doing? Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so those were the funny tours. First asking to the song and then walking away. <laughs> it's strange. Um, what, was, what was the worst time you had in Stradivarius? Yari. Me? Yeah. Uh, we know uh, after, stuff. I know exactly. <laughs> when we were shooting main, when we were shooting maniac dance video. Oh really? Why is that? First of all, our dog got a little bit sick, like a, just a nothing dangerous, but uh, and uh, everything was so fucking strange. Like uh, I got so pissed. About a tolki. Hmm. Uh, I invited, we had a, like a, this um, releasing party or some, some some kind of party at the really fancy like restaurant. Yeah, in yeah. Helsinki, like a really fucking fancy. Yeah. And I invited my wife, of course, there. Yeah. And what the fuck? Yeah. But it's a fucking natural. And he said, yeah. you can invite her. Middle, in, a, in, a, in the middle of the fucking video shooting. Why? Yeah, exactly. I don't know. And in the same time, he met. <laughs> in the same time, he met uh, some fucking bum douchebag from the street. I don't know who it was. He invited that guy in the party. Did I? <laughs> Jesus, come on. <laughs> Sorry. And uh, <laughs> we, we we left from the video shooting. I was so angry. We had a, like a great fucking bus from the video shooting to the hotel room. Mm-hmm. I said to Tolki, that's it now. You can fuck off. And the next yeah. night I called him, I leave the band. So yeah. That wow. was a story. So. Yeah. That was my worst time in a Stratovarius ever. Really? What was and your I, best? Everything else than that. Everything else was <laughs> even the even Pretty the much. hunting high and low video where you were drenched with uh, rain and, and you got your instruments all destroyed. No, that's a school. Yeah, I didn't have that. my own. Oh, you you weren't there, too so. bad. <laughs> yeah, all right. But you, York Michael got like, the, the like worst of the water, I guess. <laughs> yeah, but uh, it's I didn't I didn't have my own basis there, so it's, oh. I got it from Levituku. Oh yeah. <laughs> But cool. everything else than that, 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 than that, oh, yeah. history, than everything, fucking beautiful, like. Yeah. But that was a, it was a, some kind of strange moment in. Uh... Yeah. yeah, yeah. And you know, and you know that, Timo. So. Yes, I know. It was the uh, interview with Yari from uh, Stradivarius, and actually, Yari was supposed to be on the new Timo Tolki album, Infinite Visions, and shit happened with that, and he is no longer involved. So I'd like to find out what the hell happened, but we'll see. I don't know if Timo Tolki is ever coming back or not. I don't know. Maybe one day. But going on with the show, uh, Angel Cote from the band Them and Demolition Hammer has been a guest quite a few times, and um, he joined us on an album versus album show. And uh, it was for a death. It was it was two death albums, right? 
That was a fun show. Yeah, was, uh, Leprosy and Symbolic. Symbolic. Yeah, that was it. And uh, really cool, in the middle of the show, he decides to get up and go grab a CD. And he comes back, and he has a death CD with him. And uh, ins- he opens up the case on the inside, and there's a little surprise. I don't want to give it away in case you haven't seen it, but go check it out. And it was, it was, it was, it was funny because... Uh, at first, he brings back a, a minute work CD for like no reason, but then he yeah. shows us like the real thing and uh, what he meant to bring back, and it was pretty cool, pretty cool to see. So go check that out. Those fucking Metal Mind remasters, oh, limited sir. edition. They're probably like 50, 40 bucks now too. <laughs> We're talking about um, Strapato by Slaughter. Just Chuck Great. produced that. Did he? Yeah. Yeah, produced it, wrote a couple of the songs. He wrote Fuck a Death, actually. It was originally supposed to be a death song, but he thought the lyrics were silly. That was uh, that you guys talk about. Yeah, it's too silly, but Scream Bloody Gore's lyrics exist. Did you guys talk about uh, Voodoo Death Cult? No. Mm-mm. No. That was that, that short-lived band Chuck did where he just played guitar on. Sounds familiar. I think I've heard of that. Hmm. Alright, what'd you go get? I know I've heard it before. Longest second. Here we go, guys. I took I took forever to yes. find this. Just act totally unimpressed. <laughs> what about it? Oh. So and it worked. <laughs> so we got we got this Good one thing here, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. It's beautiful. Do you have to dig through your couch cushions? Like, holy shit. I, 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 I just have a fucking shitload of stuff. How the fuck do I reverse? Oh. Reverse what? <laughs> <laughs> oh. Dude. Wow. That's Okay, cool. yeah, that was worth the wait. Holy Hell shit. Yeah. There you go. I, I, I figure we're don't talking edit about the out record. the wait, so it'll be worth it for everybody else. I was like, I'm taking so long that I have to come back with this thing now. <laughs> that's, that's amazing. Absolutely amazing. And where'd you get that? Oh, it's it's like he signed it for me. Oh, yeah, but where did he sign it? No, he came to my house for dinner one time. No, um, this was at that time. I made meatloaf. It was really quaint. Chuck, I I heard you're a good cook. Come over my house. Let me fuck you up real quick. Um, no, is that that uh the Sound of Perseverance tour, Hammerfall? <laughs> oh, right. so I got to meet him. So, so I, I I got to meet him, and I brought that. And I, I actually have screen, um, Sound of Perseverance signed by the whole band. Oh, wow. wow, dude, that's cool. Do you have it insured? Yeah. No, nah, I mean it, it's sitting there in the same fucking stack this shit was in, along with my oh, God. <laughs> I mean, I was originally going to bring back the best of Yanni. <laughs> You bring back the men at work. Oh my god! It's well, he's the, the same pile, folks. It's music. sitting in the I same. I actually kind of like sitting in the same pile. But uh... I mean, dude, I don't listen. I don't listen to these anymore. You know what I mean? Like, I just don't listen to CDs. Yeah, well, no, I'm, I'll, I'm, you I'm give me my like, address and you can send me that. Yeah. Okay. We'll keep it <laughs> safe right. for you. We'll keep I'll it. I'll put safe it back here. Where they under put it... death, right? I'll put it under. I'm over here somewhere in D. 
Yeah, so so when you have some other host up, you're like talking about death yeah. this yeah. album. Oh like, uh, yeah, I've I met Chuck. Yeah. It fucking met... it fucking sucks. I, I don't like the album, but uh, it's signed <laughs> by him. Here's this priceless artifact I have. I don't give a shit about it. Look, somebody scribbled on it. Who cares, right? Some jerk off. It matters if <laughs> that's dead, what I have. I mean, I mean, you know, I wonder, I wonder what it matters if they're dead. I wonder what the value. No, it's cool. That's it's got to be worth a this lot is... of fucking money. Oh yeah, dude, just hang on. First of all, yeah, Greg probably has an the original press to find the value of that. Yeah, if it's an original press, that's going to be worth something there. And then with Chuck signed it, forget it. Yeah, yeah, that's I mean, what I'm talking the, about. You might want to actually insure it's that. It's the fucking combat version. Yeah. Yeah, you you might actually want to insure that, dude. That's probably worth a lot of money. Although you're laid off, so you might want to sell it and make some money. No, I'm saying if you wanted to sell it <laughs> at a later date. Hell, someone might try to steal that now that it's like could, out in public. You could buy that electronic drum set that you've always wanted. Yeah. <laughs> you can pro no, it's probably yeah. yeah. Hey, let's put let's put so, it on eBay and let's find uh, out. Well, that's Dark Star. That's different, but <laughs> minute work. This one here. I came back with another minute work album. <laughs> uh, uh, the first American press on combat, which. By the way, was uh -huh. originally purchased on October thirtieth, nineteen eighty-seven, for Tree Fitty from the Loch Ness monster. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I've seen this fucker go for two hundred bucks on eBay. What's two hundred bucks? The record. Scream bloody gore on combat. He's just that's that. the, He's got the combat CD. Yeah, fine. I got the yeah, I got the I got the combat CD. So I don't even know the back, it just says combat on the back. Uh, the CDs worth around forty bucks, depending on what press it is. But you have to match it up by the matrix number. But but it's for also signed reason, by Chuck Schulman. Yeah, I mean signed. You're Schulman. you're probably Chuck talking Schulman. priceless. Yeah, this is the <laughs> Andy's Roadshow episode where we win. <laughs> Yeah, got that house. one. First British press of it. Buying a house off this album. Spiritual healing. Spiritual healing. Just, Picture this. Just, just for the hell of it, I would put it on eBay. I put like a um, what do you call it? Um, I don't think what the hell you call it? Okay, That's... it's fine. Why are you buying a house off of it? Because he's dead. Because he's dead. Yeah, I know he's dead, but. I guess it's because it's worth it's a lot. It's the first album signed by him. Oh. It's the one first of the, pressing one of the, one of the, one of, one of the, the first CD pressings of the first record. Hey, Angel, uh, do me a favor. Let me see dude, the disc real quick. I'll be able to tell you. Oh, wait a minute, dude. So hold on a second. <laughs> now that we're talking. Oh, no. If I started it's the disc rot. It's got disc so, rot. <laughs> so, oh, no. <laughs> no. Oh, no. Hold on. You ready? So look at the back there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So look at where the album titles end. Yeah. Scream Bloody Gore, just like you said. Right. On the CD. Yep, that's the first press. Because yeah. there's, uh, there's no red highlights around the letters either. And it doesn't Damn. list the two songs on the back. 
So that is the very first CD press from 87. Side uh, by uh, Chuck, you lucky bastard. That's, that's, that's the only material, cool thing like. about my CD is Scream Bloody Gore. Okay. It's got a bottle of water stain on it, you <laughs> bitch. That was Angel Cote showing the uh, Death Album. What was that Death Album? Do you remember? I, th- I believe it was Leprosy. It was Leprosy. All right. Yeah. I don't remember. But yeah, it was signed by Chuck. So that's pretty cool. I mean, you know, you're not getting a, a signed CD by Chuck anymore. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was leprosy. Yeah. Yeah. Off the time I had, I don't remember. I'm not a huge Death fan, but that show I didn't I make just, me. I didn't happen to rewatch the whole thing. That's all right. I don't mind. This. I'm going to have to right. now. It's okay. But uh, going along with the death metal type theme, uh, we've had King Fally on a few times. Uh, the yeah. second time we had it on, and you got a DC why. show. Yeah, <laughs> my first introduction to them too. That was a you know, cool album. And ever since then, I have bought all the albums. And uh, King Fowler is a really cool guy. I have uh, I talked to him, you know, once in the blue moon. <clears throat> and actually, he's been having auctions on his uh, Facebook page. Yes, he has. Yeah. And I won what I just won. Uh, Voivod, Dimension Hatros. Oh, what a great album! And there was something else. Oh, uh, Hair Apparent CD. Nice. And then there was, yeah, there was something else I won one of the other times. But uh, yeah, I got all oh, Candlemas album. And uh, yeah, so he's got a lot of really cool things on there. So uh, you want to find some cool stuff? Man, he takes so many pictures of like the things that he owns. And he must have like a fucking museum in his house. Oh, he totally does. The 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 one that got me most recently was. He took a picture of a small part of his Chewbops collection, and I can't believe he has all those in the packages still. What is this? A Chewbop? Chewbop. Chewbop? Chewbop. It was what is a Chewbop. It was a little piece of bubblegum shaped like a record that came in a cardboard sleeve that mimicked the album sleeve. Really? I've never and heard he of it. He loves it. He thinks they're hilarious. <laughs> He's got a whole collection of them. <laughs> He's got some weird shit, but uh, yeah, go check him out and go check out this little clip of the last time he was on. We had him on to talk about the uh, tape trading. And yep, uh, tape. once we got past that, we talked about the death of um, what was that producer? Uh, uh, Birch. Um, Martin, Birch. Birch. Martin Birch. Yep. And then after that, we ta- started talking about Kiss and then we talked about the, the Kiss album, about the uh, man battle stations and all this shit. What the oh, hell's the name of the album? Torpedo uh, uh, Girl. On yeah, Torpedo Girl. Yep. Unmasked. Yep. So that was pretty funny. So uh, I got I the little to, uh, come on to talk about that for screams from the grave, but he couldn't. So Ralph and Lisa did instead. But he uh, just Lisa did. Oh, oh, that's right. It was just Lisa. Yeah. But uh, yeah, he he made he made his opinions on the album pretty well known on this episode. So yeah, he did. It, so. it worked out. <laughs> <laughs> it did. So I saved that little clip because I thought it was pretty funny. So check this out. We'll be right back. Freaking out. You know, and you, as you guys ever noticed if, while I were talking about it, listen, that, that one part on Swinging the Chain, you notice that they actually edit the song and they actually, you could tell they like play the other part somewhere else and piece it together. When it yep. goes to that, listen to it. Next yeah. time you listen to it, when it changes that last, that last riff on the album, you can tell that it's a poor cut too. It's a poor fucking edit onto that, but you can tell they did not play that live together. It's definitely another take, and they just said, "Hey, add this to the ending here on this downbeat." It's not it's as bad an edit as fucking. 
It's not as bad as Ed as the beginning of Torpedo Girl on Unmasked, though. When they do that man battle station torpedoes. Dude, that fucking, if you listen to it, that fucking, we'll just call it the sample, that fucking recording. They do not get the M from man. They fucking cut it. It goes, and battle station torpedoes. I don't like the song to begin with. That makes me laugh so hard because it's like you couldn't even get the pronunciation of the M man. It's, it, it's just and metal station torpedoes. It comes in like, oops, I missed it. Oh, well, leave it. But anyway, yeah, that, that so, song took the chain. I hate that I hate, song. I, <laughs> I hate all the Ace Philly songs on Unmasked. I do too, uh-huh. man. I think the worst one is that two sides of the coin. That one's ridiculously bad. Uh, yeah. Oh, you don't like I, that song? I like that song. I like no. talk, I like talk to me. It's it's yeah, definitely like not his too, best, but that one's okay. But yeah, two sides of the coin is garbage. That's so bad. All I need, all I need is the Paul. I just need the Paul songs, man. I just easy as it sings tomorrow. What makes the world go around? Those three, especially. Is that you? Is not their tune, but it's good. I don't mind Shandy and Naked City, man. And she's so European. Yeah. I'd have been perfect. I do not like your All That I Want, the last tune, and I do not like the eight songs, or it would have been the, one of the greatest sounds ever made. I love that. That might be my favorite. That might be my favorite Kiss record if it was an EP. I love Dynasty too, though, man. Those sure. Dynasty's well, underrated, man. Dirty Little. Yeah. I don't think there's a bad there, song on Dynasty. I think no. every song. Yes, is. yes, there is, and it's what? Charisma. I love it. Uh, I, love- I like Charisma. I like Charisma. I don't like Two Thousand Man. I don't like Two Thousand oh, Man. I love it. I oh, love. I love- My name is a number. <laughs> I hate the Stones I'm, version, but I love the Kiss cover. I love. Sure magic. knows something. Yeah, Magic Touch and sure knows something. That's my favorite too. Yeah, Magic. Touch. And I like. I really like Dirty Living, man. Makes you want to get on the floor and shake my ass, man. But it's good. <laughs> Dirty Living's my favorite off it, actually. I love oh, that. I, I love his voice, there. man. Dirty Living, Dirty Living. Woo! <laughs> yeah. It was like a ten-minute dance version. They do the ten minute dance version on the on the other side of I was nice loving you twelve inch. God, it's so long. Just keeps going. I can't wait any longer. Thirty minute cocaine mix. <laughs> Fuck yeah, I'm, I'm totally into it. All right, and that was King Fally on that episode, and go check that out because he had a lot of really cool stories about the tape trading, which uh, came that idea I got from uh, some guy on Twitter. I mean, uh, he was talking about, he's, he watched some documentaries on, on tape trading, and he wanted to hear some more stories from other people that were involved with tape trading. And I thought King Valley would have been a cool guy to have on, and he definitely was. So it was a very interesting episode. And one thing you did mention before we uh, went to that clip, uh, Greg, uh, Screams from the Grave. Oh, yes. Yes, a brand new show that we started doing. It was your idea. Want to give a little synopsis about that show? Well, we uh, talk about, you know, albums that have kind of been forgotten by time, whether they're considered good and just more obscure or not as well liked by the bands or certain fans, but loved by us. We highlight them and do a little mini review slash episode about them. It's pretty fun. And it was all inspired by the Abattoir song, Abattoir. There, (laughs) that's uh, English. (laughs) <laughs> See, I'm not the only one that messes up. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so check out this first uh, clip that we have of the first uh, episode of Screams from the Grave. And actually, like uh, Lisa Mann joined us from the Kiss Unmasked album. Yeah, is Kiss Unmasked the first one we did, or did we Kiss do Unmasked first? Do did what? I thought we did State of Euphoria first. No, we no, because we did that with Nate. 
Oh, that's right. That's right. We did. Okay. Yeah, never mind. That was like the third one. So, yeah. I'll go check out the first ever episode of Screams from the Grave with Lisa Mann. And we took a kiss unmasked. Such a great record. Go buy it. After it you is. Watch the that's right. Screams from the Grave. That's what I said. He said of. I said Screams from the Grave. He said of. All right, Terry. Cool it with the semantics, E.B. White. Why don't we oh, put you in a grave? He never said from. No, I know. I did. I did too. Huh? I I did too say from. No, you didn't say the, from the, once. The last time you did it, you did say of, but before that, you said from. I'm it's... changing the name of the show now to Screams of the Grave. No, 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 no. <laughs> Whatever. Just go watch the clip. And I'm going to put Nate in a grave, and I'm going to see if we can hear him scream from the grave. As we lower him down into that hole in the ground, his eyes, they bulge. My fingers, they bleed. Something to me, or is that just a dream? All right, go check the clip. Well, plus he managed to use conversation successfully in the lyrics. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Ace isn't exactly a wordsmith, so that's pretty cool. <laughs> oh, no, I, I remember when we were talking with Ralph, and he was talking about that song "Torpedo Girl." And in the beginning, where it says uh, "man battle stations," they cut off like the the beginning of it. So you can hear the tape cut. <laughs> <laughs> it's so bad. But, but Lisa, what's some of your favorite songs on off this? Oh gosh. Let me see. Well, there's a few songs that, well, like you were both saying, it just a lot of it just doesn't sound like the kiss that we knew and loved. But there was a there's a few moments in there, mm-hmm. and like um, what makes the world go round. That whole front end of that song oh, sounds like early kiss, yeah. and it oh, sounds yeah. like something that could be like on Dress to Kill or something, mm-hmm. you know. And then yep. of course there's different shit. There's like. What's this keyboard part in here, you know? Yeah. But that the, uh, the part with the chorus where where it like changes the tempo and the drums are doing that thing, whatever. Yeah, that's yeah. It's a, that's a that's a really I love that part. Yeah, that's really well done. And then there's there was something else. I'm kind of took. That's some probably time. my favorite song on here, actually. Yeah, that that chorus makes that song so good. And you're all that I want. That sounds like early kiss to me. That really sounds like something that could be off of Dress to Kill or the first album or even Destroyer, you know, that song's, it sounds, it does, sounds like this. But my it's whole thing licks. about that song and why I'm not crazy about it, though, is I wish Peter sang it because I think he could have pulled it off better. Oh, interesting. Mm. Mm. Yeah, probably. It's one of my least favorites off it, too. Yeah. I like that. The, it's a weekend I just, thing. I like that the bass is really present. Me and, too. And Gene plays his ass off on this record. Mm. Yeah. He sounds yeah, he great, really and 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 you really hear him very clearly. You hear just even some string noise and everything. Uh, I like the production. It's very clean. Yeah, it's, it's not great. greasy. It's very, very eighties. I almost see like a Nagel painting <laughs> 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 when I hear this album. Um. <laughs> <laughs> You he mean like this? Yes, like that. <laughs> yes, like that. That's, That's Miss March, nineteen eighty-one. 
that's what that album sounds like is what yes it, it like. does Clean that's exactly up. what what makes the world go round makes you think of is <laughs> yeah. a picture like that uh, and that was screams from the grave uh pretty cool show we only did it once a month though i don't want to do it every week so. nah more special if we do it once yeah. a month. Once a month, so it's pretty cool. Good show. Besides, I like that show because it's quick. Quick show. I'm oh, sorry. What? I said. Besides, there's been a lot of good recent stuff going on where yeah. you know doing too many of the screams from the grave would take away from that. But. Exactly. Um, back to me doing more interviews. Uh, this is actually my last interview I did on my own show since you guys were so lazy. Whatever, man. Time. <laughs> uh, Zach Stevens from Sabotage. This one was really cool. Um, I, it's it, What sucks is I, I was supposed to have an interview with him, and the interview started getting interrupted towards the end, and then we were supposed to have a second interview, a follow-up one, and he never contacted me back. So That sucks. It is what it is. I got yeah. what I got. And it, but that know. was one I wanted to do. I just, I'm sure again, I had to work or something. It's not like that night I got high and wandered off on the bus to buy three <laughs> pebbles, three <laughs> because I saw it on TV. <laughs> what show? I'm a Walmart, man. <laughs> and what was fucking pissed me off about that is we just did a show earlier the day in that day. <laughs> well, in between. <laughs> I decided to partake and relax. <laughs> and three bubbles with marshmallows. Fucking awesome. Uh, but it was I funny. Mean, it, it was... That's why I was chomping fucking Crave that one episode. Crave <laughs> is awesome when you're high. Yep. Crave is fucking great oh, yeah. when you're high as shit. But it did make me laugh. So that, it was funny. I forgive you. But uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, here's the Zach Stevens interview, and we talk about sabotage. And of course, everybody wants to know what the fuck is going on sabotage. And as you'll find out in this clip, he don't even know. So <laughs> check it out. Um, what is going? You know what? Just let's get this out of the way now. What's going on with sabotage? Is that completely done? <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, me and you right now. I do. I doubt it. I mean, I you can't say it's completely done. I mean, it's because we just don't know. Right. I mean, I've learned to say never, say never right. in the music business. As soon as you would say never, somebody's going to hear that with influence and say, "Guess what? Just because you said that, so maybe we should just start saying this is absolutely done." Why not? <laughs> but um, no, uh, I would. I can't say that at all. And talking to the guys, even John. I mean, he's got all kind of songs written. Mm. He's just trying to get a green light. It's a business decision. You know, basically what happened when you've got TSO, this huge conglomerate, right. it's basically the holding company of sabotage. And that's what it has become business-wise. Mm. So I think it's just purely a business situation right now. You've right. got the people who are directly involved with John and the management of, of TSO kind of holding – they really are literally holding sabotage. Now, mm. whether they're going to hold it and go, you can be free <laughs> and release and release the, you know, what used to be a baby. And is now like, it's almost like releasing the giant from under the tomb. Right. Um, it happened. So I can't sit there really and, and say, no, that's, you know, that's all history. That shut down when I know that, 
we have the resources to spring that thing into action. Like at any, any minute we might, you know, get a call. So right, yeah. I don't know. It's, it's, it's just a matter of business. I think it's like when you look at TSO, the management is the management of sabotage. Mm. So they're probably looking at TSO being the monster that it is, you know, just the, you know, phenomenon, number one tour billboard of last year, most shows, yeah. um, you can do 120 shows between two bands that, that puts you 120 arena shows will put you at most arena shows. Right. I mean, they're yeah. doing it smart. Now they're putting together tours, running out for a little while, doing it efficiently, making uh, smart profits, getting, taking a break, going back out. So mm-hmm. they're not many, you don't see, you know, kiss has been doing it for a long time at the end of the road right. tour. Um, but they still do it in segments. Uh, so it was kind of interesting. It's not like the old, old days where, you know, bands would play something like 250 days a year. Yeah. Um, or Maiden in the early days doing, gosh, close to the entire year, if he could possibly still hold up vocally, which right. he's done an amazing, um, you know, job of. Mm. Uh, so, you know, the touring thing has changed um, business-wise, but when you look at that and how successful it is, if they're going, hey, what can we do with this sabotage? What you know, we know it's mostly a European appeal. So if you're going to do big um, festival shows, like we did back with 2015 when we put TSO and Sabotage together at Vakken, right? Yeah, twenty thousand people. Um, that was fantastic. So, and that's really where I feel most at home is in front of crowds like that. Yeah. And so that's what I would see the vision of it doing. So they just have to say, hey, it's okay that that is going to be European festivals. Let's go out there, you know, do it like that. Plan a nice, you know, stage, a nice production for that type of venue. Mm. And have the multimedia thing going with the screens, such as what we do in TSO, telling a story. There's lots yeah. of stories to be told. There's almost a rock theater character about putting a, a sabotage production out there now, we look at it in a whole different way just based on what we do with TSO. So that caused me, the guy in the band, and also of the sabotage band, to say, wow, wouldn't it be neat to put that similar production, maybe not to that extent, but a similar production together where we have multimedia, we use the screens to help tell the stories of the songs, and maybe do it in a storytelling type of fashion. Not with a narrator, right. with TSO, but that's not necessary. But you could still play, you know, introductions to some songs, almost Maiden-like. Right, have yeah. Introduction to three or four specific featured numbers that have multiple vocals and, you know, that need extra vocalists, like with the counterpoint stuff like Wake of Magellan, mm-hmm. uh, Not What You See, uh, Chance, um, you know, uh, Hourglass, some of the songs that have those massive tracks right. of vocals in them, um, that we became pretty, um, you know, experts. Uh, I would say, you know, that we gained the ex- <laughs> recording that kind of stuff. Yeah, use a science, right? Um, so it's a lot of fun. But we would need extra singers. So I'm also seeing on those feature numbers, bringing out some of the people who sing with us in TSO. I mean, yeah. this is all dream. Like I sit around right. and think of this. Thing. It's like <laughs> I can't really think of 
like I really, you know, I don't know if it would happen or not, sabotage, but I still can't help but sit around and think about some of these things the way that I would imagine it, yeah. uh, utilizing some of the tools that TSO has. Um, there's a lot of stories, and the albums are still conceptual for the most part. Edge of Thorns is more non-conceptual, plain rock record, but almost everything after that has a lot right. of stories. And that was right. when Paul O'Neill was starting to get into writing the stories and having the stories, you know, align with the songs on the record and having that main kind of storyline weaving through songs. Yeah. So, you know, there's so much just a oh god, it's just so many things that can that that, you know, more than I could even imagine that could be, you know, done. Um, yeah. Yeah, with the thought, right. Yeah, I thought when uh, when that whacking thing happened, I thought, oh man, they're going to be back, and you know, you know, things are going to yeah. happen. But then it just died, and I'm like, wow. <laughs> yeah, we were like, I think we all, you know, were thinking it was kind of the same thing. Um, but then, you know, what happened when and Paul passed away, and right. you know, that was shocking, and still everybody's kind of reeling from that and adjusting, mm. um, and having to adjust to running TSO by committee rather than having Paul. He he touched everything. I mean, he basically had the final decision every single phase. He was one of those leaders and managers that basically he delegated, but when it really came down to it, it didn't matter how big or small the decision was, he was making it. Right. Yeah. Now, getting, now we're getting used to having it run by a like a 10-person committee of, oh, wow. of his, his daughter, Ireland, who, who does a, a fantastic job for being so young, but she's like wildly intelligent. With yeah. multiple degrees yeah. coming out of high school, like really like accelerated, like oh, unbelievable. Wow. I mean, mind-blowingly intelligent. Wow. One of the fast trackers, as I call it. You want to fast track you by the time you get out of high school, you've got a college degree, that type. Yeah. So not musical in, in background, but it doesn't matter. Very intelligent and business-wise, that's what she's got. So yeah. he's one of the maybe 10 consisting of Night Castle Management and uh, the music directors. Um, Derek of the East and Al Petrelli, mm-hmm. uh, yep. Sabotage guitarist, yep. uh, music direction of the West, and um, you know some talent coordination people. Um, so I think everybody's doing a good job, and I think that's one of the main reasons that we didn't get to dive straight into you know here's the reunion, right? Yeah, because the following year, boom, the the least expected happens. Yeah. With, was passing so that was a huge that's been the step back that we're going through and i right. think that's you know what you're knowing that that is exactly what it is now the question is will we be able to get beyond that and then let's get on with it right yeah i think there is like a shelf life uh it's probably not as Short, as I would say, as a member of the band, we would say like, oh, man, a year or two from now, you can't do this. Mm. It's going to be the expiration date. It's like old milk. Mm. Oh, no, my half and half expired two months ago. I'm not putting my coffee. You know, I don't want it to hit an expiration date and have the show and be like, no, this isn't doable because guess what? Our fan base is now 72 years old. (laughs) (laughs) It's already not the youngest fan base. Right. Yeah. Talk yep. about a fan base consisting mostly of people my age. So I can yeah. tell you for sure. Yeah, pretty much. That that's where it's at. But 
I also know that we're still considered young as far as anything I've received from AARP or any of those publications. <laughs> they say, don't worry about it. You're still sort of young. <laughs> I was out on tour. I beg to differ because I'm like, oh, man, I definitely don't feel like I did in my 20s. But right. um, but no, I you know, that's basically where it's at. I mean, it's just oh, it's just so, like a business. Sabotage is in a u- unique position in in the business because we now find ourselves a subsidiary company, a small company of the conglomerate of TSO, right, which yeah. is so busy and, and all the members play in TSO. Right. So it's like it makes it more difficult to just go, hey, can't you just come back out with that and get that record out? Yeah, I would like that. But obviously not as easy as, you know, done as said. But hmm. but I'm still not going to I'm still not going to stop dreaming of the production that I see. Right. And the potential that we can see with it, so I'm hoping for the best. Yeah, yeah, me too. Because uh, I mean, yeah. all all my friends, even the guys I went to high school with and everything, we we all loved Sabotage, and you know, it's just we would go on, you know, to shows and stuff and listen to Sabotage in a way, and just you know, what you guys did was was great back in the day. It was awesome. Yeah, and to not have you guys around anymore, it just sucks. I mean, you got your own bands. You have you know, Circle of Circle, yeah, all the other stuff. Yeah, that's a very good one. All right, that was my interview with Zach Stevens. Um, Greg? Yes. An old friend from the show. Actually, um, he did the show with us for quite a while, probably about like six months, I guess, until he had to go back on tour. Mr. Troy Noor came back. Yes, yes, he did. Actually, I think he was back once before, too, but just for an Alvarez's album. But now he came back to talk about his new album from his band, Them. Yep. And I think wasn't Naya with him too? Naya's always with him. Yeah. Uh, it's his dog. Yeah, <laughs> no, I know that, but she wasn't always around the group, but anyway. Yeah, yeah, but he, she's not in this clip. But uh anyway, uh the new them album, Return to Hemismore. I still haven't gotten it. I'm freaking so pissed off that I have not received the album. And actually I ordered from Amazon and I ordered the vinyl and the C D. And I got an email a few weeks ago saying that the vinyl is just not coming. So I got refunded. Yeah, I got that too. The the other one I haven't received yet, but is supposedly still in transit is my Blue Oyster Cult vinyl. Oh, really? What the, Which one? Um, I got the green colored one. And uh-huh. at, at first, it just sounded like the distributor didn't have them yet, which I kind of expected because they pre-sold. But like yeah. I know it got shipped two weeks ago, but it, everything's really weird, I guess, with package delivery and the holidays. Because even though it's being sent from inside the United States, it went from like North Carolina to friggin' San Francisco, California, and now it's in Louisiana. Yeah. Well, if they send it. They probably send it media mail, and once they send it media mail, it goes where it goes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so. I see this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, actually, I got that. I got something from Canada a little while ago, and it's it, it's funny because it came out of Calgary too, and yeah. Minneapolis has a big international mail hub. So I just didn't understand why it didn't come right here. Like I could have driven to Canada and gotten it back <laughs> instead of them sending it to Staten Island and then Miami and Phoenix for some fucking reason, and then back to Minneapolis. 
It's so stupid. I, I don't know who figures that shit out. They're wasting so much gas and time. It's dumb. But uh, I actually I got that vinyl, the the green one. Yeah. I was able to grab one of the pre-orders, so that was cool. I was afraid I they were going to sell it. It's just <laughs> when at this point because it did yeah. get sent now. Yeah. Well, let that be a lesson. Don't ever order anything during the holiday season. Yep. I'm still waiting on a phone yeah, that I ordered. Uh, I'm still waiting on a phone that I ordered back in uh, by Thanksgiving, Black Friday. Oh, never showed up. <laughs> anyway, we're off topic now. But uh, go check out Troy Nor. He makes his appearance back on Matt Sound Review. A uh, very good friend of the show, and we'll be right back. He is. He is a good. Guy. Welcome to Rat Sound Review. Hey, who the hell are you? I don't know. I don't know. Oh, it's Troy. Troy Nor. Welcome back. Oh, damn it. I think I went back in time again. You're wrong. (laughs) You went back into Greg, went back in time. Greg went back in time. Last time I saw him. You haven't been on the show in like a year. I know. I've been busy. You just just, uh, ghosted us. I didn't ghost you. You ghosted us. You just uh, just up and left. That is not Uh, true. Said, I'll be back next week, and uh, uh, he was gone. Oh, you but you're back now, and uh, this week we're going to review uh, a band called Them. Oh, have you, heard, have, have you listened to the new album yet? Um, they look pretty, I don't know, weird looking. This, Especially this guy. This guy. Yeah, yeah this that guy, guy right really there. Weird. He's real weird. And this guy here, he's kind of funny. He's been on the show a few times. That uh, guy's very funny, actually. Yeah, he's, he's very funny. Yeah, he is. But that guy, he, with the, he's very weird. But uh, yeah. the cross on his face, that guy. Yeah, is he supposed to be like an evil uh, uh, Willy Wonka? I, I think like a tree elf or something. Tree elf, he might be yeah. Yeah. evil Willy Wonka. Yeah, I evil Willy Wonka. <laughs> I hear I'm, he does. He makes good mac and cheese, though. I do know that. Yes, he does. Got a good mac and cheese recipe. Damn straight about that. I'll drink to that. <laughs> they have to use human fat to grease the pan. That's the secret. secret. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> cooking with KK. <laughs> Uh, well, welcome, Troy. Yes, welcome back. Should I, should I call KK? Because I have nothing to do with this. Yeah. <laughs> we actually hey. wanted him, him on the show, so KK, come here. You just showed up. What you want me to? You want me to do it? All right, I'll do it. He wants me to do the this thing. Oh, thing. Wait, wait. <laughs> right here. Fuck you, too. Just say fuck me. He's a man that values his privacy. He's very quiet, too. I don't hear him at all. He's sitting there. <laughs> That's ignorant. <laughs> He's ignorant. He's ignorant. <laughs> all right. So, uh, Mr. Troy, a.k.a. K.K. Foster. We'll, we'll, we'll leave that for now. But go ahead. <laughs> wait, wait to spoil the secret. Ass. <laughs> it says it inside the album. I mean, come on. <laughs> Which album? All the first, of them. No, the second one doesn't have. Yeah, it doesn't album. say it in manner. It's uh, it, yeah. It says it that it also went too, right, KK? I've, I know. Yeah, just have to. <laughs> Regardless, everyone knows who you are. <laughs> yeah, you're wrong. Yeah, we have that. we have a new album coming out soon, right? Uh, we do. Well, you do. Yeah, re- return to Hemismore. What in the hell is Hemismore? Well, it's a town. 
it's a, a town uh, uh, in European region uh, outside. It's like within the Germ like Germany, I think Austria area. Small town, and that's where the whole story started back in Sweet Hollow. Yep. Ends there. And it or, starts or does, there, does ends it. there. Or does it? I don't know. Does it end there, KK? Oh, yeah, it does. Uh, doesn't? I don't know. He doesn't know. He's, he's I'm, pre- I'm pretty positive, at the very least, they don't have a water tower anymore. They definitely don't have a water tower. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think Remsen knocked that one down. Oh my god! Speaking of Remsen, Remsen's all over this. Great, great. Um, That part of the story, the sound effects, Remsen's voice—that was just (laughs) perfect. Yeah, he he did a very good job on his album. I was very entertained in the you know the beginning of the album when he's like you know talking to you, and at the end. Very, uh, very exciting stuff happening on this album. There was a lot of stuff with him on this album for sure. Um, because if uh, if you look at the whole, like if you look at the album as an album, I mean, uh, or each one of them, they they can sustain their own on their own. Yeah. But when you put them all together, it's literally one continuous story, and that that was the vision from the beginning. <sighs> okay. All right, and that was Troy Noor making his appearance back on the show, and uh, we hope to get him back. Yeah, Al Ravage from the band Ravage. He made an appearance on the show. Uh, Another very cool guest. Uh, I want to have him back on again to do the King Diamond show, but uh, he has a new EP coming out very soon with his band Ravage. Um, Actually, it should be out already. I don't know. It might be out already. But uh, go to Ravage. uh, Look up Ravage on Facebook or or, uh, Al Ravage, and you'll find him on Facebook. And you can see all the stuff about the new uh, EP. So it's very cool. And it goes towards a charity as well. So, But uh, on this particular clip, we talk about uh, the album artwork for one of the albums and uh, some very cool things that they have in there that uh, actually some of the artwork is actually for some of the – uh, the titles of the song so he gives a little description of what they're about and some of them are kind of funny so go check that out in this clip and we'll be right back uh, our work there and, and so uh, did he did he do it based on a theme you gave him or just from listening to the uh music uh yeah he did not hear the music in advance we, we sent him some copies afterwards but um and we sent him some vinyls and some shirts because we use his artwork for the shirts but um uh Pretty much, I gave him a concept, and the concept, if you look at the album, especially if you look at the the vinyl art, um, you're going to see stuff that pertains to a lot of the songs on it. So there's fire in the background because there's a song called Damage about an asteroid hitting. (laughs) And then you get, uh, if you look in the very, uh, there's almost like a million Easter eggs in it for every song. Uh, In the lower right-hand corner, there's a little uh, skeleton hand coming out of the ooze. Yep, right there. Holding an alarm clock, so that's for the song "Wake the Dead." You know, <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Bull people on the motorcycle, <laughs> really. Cool. And the, yeah, the the title song "Spectral Riders," <laughs> a spectral sort of Batman type guy on a, on a motorcycle, and you got that. Nice. You get the uh, the spider vibe. We try to put a spider on every album cover. That's mm-hmm. built into the bike. So there's, oh, a, yeah. there's a lot yeah. of good stuff in there if you just pour it over. Oh wow! Very cool. What's cool the girl? Show, I didn't notice this before. What's the girl in inside the castle? 
Oh, that's because we have to have an ass on every every cover. <laughs> <laughs> it probably won't show up, but she's right there. Yeah, there's a, there's a girl with a sword. Ah, yeah. um, oh, the sorceress. <laughs> I don't know. If, what, I think he just put that in himself. Um, but it just kind of gets into your theme. Like if you go to uh, our very first demo, um, which was called Curse of Heaven, which we put out, um, it had this weird um, like cherub angel kind of thing. And the artist you're using at that time, for some reason, you like butts, I think. <laughs> because the, <laughs> the angel on the, the back man. had kind of like a weird face and a butt. And then the, there was this, uh, <laughs> this alien guy in front of a, uh, like a church with these zombies coming out. But he's turned away from the, your point of view so you can see his butt. <laughs> 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 so that, <laughs> I yeah, think that was just, just an homage to, to the butts. We <laughs> you just start putting man ass on there and protest. <laughs> it, oh, this time we got a girl on. All right, we're back. That was Al Ravage. Uh, Greg, we started a, another new show. Well, we haven't really done it too often, but uh, we do have to do some more of them. The uh, Rat Sound Review Theater. Oh, that's right. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, <clears throat> I haven't been willing to do uh, one. Uh, since, uh, I mean, I do want to do it again, but I was pretty pissed off after the whole, uh, StreamYard incident with that damn yeah. Penny Margolis <laughs> video that, uh, didn't work out too well. Yeah. Sticked around with that with you guys for an hour and a half before I said, the hell with this. Yeah. yeah well, really stupid. I'm going to get high and listen to Diamond Head. <laughs> My safe space. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we'll never use uh, StreamYard again. There should be Samurai Cop. <laughs> we'll never use StreamYard. Hold his head, put on this piano. Actually, Nate, you should join us on the Red Side Review Theater one time. I love we got Science Theater, so yeah. I'd probably do it. Yeah, so it's pretty fun. Oh, it's like Beavis and Butthead? Yeah, basically. Yeah, kind okay, of, I, gotcha, I guess a little gotcha. bit. Not as good, but <laughs> we try. It's getting there. You know, we need a few more tries at it. Just because you look like good. Mike Judge doesn't mean you're as funny as Mike Judge. Check out these few That boy ain't right. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, if we had a King of the Hill podcast, we could call it Boah! <laughs> <laughs> in that show I really like, though. Uh, I love that show, but anyway. Here's a few here's a few clips from uh, each of the yeah, episodes that we did. Ever. Racks, man. Oh, that's good too. So rude. I'm trying to introduce the clip. Here's a few You want to make this your permanent job? Firing Rodriguez? Sure. Hey, Rodriguez. No, 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 no. Yeah. <laughs> My favorite one. Anyway. Yeah. Where they where Snoop Dogg's the white pimp? Yeah. That's <laughs> You done anyway, now? continue, I'm... Wayne. <laughs> I am the Mac Daddy of Heimlich County. Uh, anyway, here's the here's a few clips from the uh, Rats Out Review Theater show, and uh, actually, uh, Beyond Bushido joined us on the last three uh, episodes that we did. Yes, that we, yeah, it was pretty funny. So we'll be right back. See, people try to take a soul away. I don't know how you not think this is catchy. I could be Daryl Hall or Rick Astley, and no one would be able to tell. <laughs> this is the music your mom listens to with the mall. Picking out khakis where the crotch is much too small. <laughs> well, we get that in this video, too. <laughs> he gets a little higher. 
You know, it's funny like you guys should bring up this band because that guy looks like I took my yoga like... lessons from him. <laughs> I don't think you did. And placed him behind the kid. Yeah. Yes, they grabbed the only punk rock cholo who was skateboarding on that track, and they were like, "Hey, come on, buddy, be in our video." <laughs> yeah, I, I just, I just thought they just they said like, "This looks like a really cool spot in industrial Los Angeles. We're gonna do it here," not realizing it's a fucking park on the other side of that. Oh yeah. Uh-oh. Oh yeah. That's some love making music right there. I guess you wonder where I've been. Oh, I did. I did wonder where he was. Is that him right there? Those soothing sounds go straight to a woman's fallopian tubes, I'll tell you. Yeah. Oh my god, it's a homeless man. Now, can she hear him? Can we just all take a moment to appreciate the fact he's hanging outside of a 16-year-old girl's window? And calling and her on the payphone? I was positive this song was sung by a black man originally. He's got ice cream. <laughs> it literally looks like he just had someone tape him while he goes and yeah. does his errands around <laughs> Florida or wherever that is. Well, he could have possibly like saw people like randomly walking on the street. Here, take my phone. I need to make a video. <laughs> that was uh, Rats Out Review Theater. Some cool stuff. And I hope to do it again, Greg. Don't ruin yeah. it. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> and um, um, actually, I, I've been friends with him on Facebook for a while and I've talked to him a few times but uh you, you guys and our fans would probably be more familiar with him as the exalted pile driver but i noticed uh gourd which is his real name is uh really heavily into frank zappa and i was thinking about talking to him and maybe trying to bring back my frogs with dirty little lips oh, See, yeah. he'd get in on it because i mean you're you're like there but you don't like it or have ever listened to most of it, so you're just like, uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was going to include the Frogs with Dirty Little Lips on this episode, but we didn't really talk about much. And Yeah. <laughs> no, no, that, that was off the cuff, and I plan to redo it, but... Yeah. Yeah, so no, that would be better. If you did that show with somebody else, it would be so much better. Just, I, can't I just that. didn't know he was such a big fan, but um, yeah, I'm going to ask him. Yeah, here. That'd be very cool. Uh, another guy that loves him is Paul Gaskin, who I just interviewed, but uh, he doesn't have a whole lot of free time on his hands, and he's in Britain, unfortunately. So our times don't always line up. But that's a cool interview. You guys should check out. Uh, yes, and I guess now since you just lead it into that, I was going to leave that for the end. <laughs> we'll just go into Paul Gaskin. And Greg doing an interview. And Greg, you've been asking for Paul Gaskin to come on the show for like two years. Since day yeah. one. <laughs> I know. Well, you know, he, he went he went through a, um, some problems with some sickness and wasn't able to. And he's kind of going back and forth, but he's doing a lot better now. So I was finally able to do it. And I was like, yes, I want to get this done and I want to get it done now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then and I, we'll get a review of the album and at some point coming up at here. some point yeah yeah actually maybe that'll be our first real show back so we'll see what happens but uh yeah here's uh i, I tried to pick out a something from the show i really didn't uh, know what you would want me to pick but i picked uh, a part where he was talking about um uh being a whacking oh festival. cool so and then so 
Yeah, that that's a good part of it. And then just as a, a funny clip that unfortunately nobody will ever get to see because of what I forgot to do. But uh, yeah, this interview ended up being a lot longer than we planned it. Uh, one, because he and I were having a such good, good time. But two, because originally I started it, got five minutes in and said, ah, fuck me, I didn't press record. <laughs> Once we stopped laughing about that, we started over. <laughs> Hey, it happens to the best of us. I used to it's do that. Review. It is. I remember do, when we first started the show, I'd forget to hit record all the time. <laughs> and even when we did live, I think I forgot to hit the live button. A few times. <laughs> yeah. People type it to us. There's nothing yeah. there. <laughs> yeah. It took a while. We're still learning. But uh, yeah, go check out uh, Greg's uh, really good interview with Paul Gaskin. And I'm glad he fi- you finally got to do it, Greg. Yeah, me too. Good, good band. Good yeah. guy. All right, go check that out. We'll be right back. It was a pretty big festival out in Germany. Yeah, okay. Well, I've got you on with another five Nuwabaham bands uh, to do a special out there in the August. So that's when I put the band together. Andy Solomon, uh, Dave Pick, because Dave Norman couldn't do it. He was gigging at the time. And uh, Tony Ilkew, and we spent six months rehearsing, went out and did it. Absolutely amazing. I've done festivals in my time, but never anything on that that size. I mean, it's huge, man. If you've ever seen any bands playing at Wacken, you'll know what I mean. And I've seen uh, videos, yeah. Yeah, it's awesome, really awesome. That was a fantastic weekend, and uh, it was. Pretty good fun with the other guys as well because we're all in a bus together, you know. There was Angel Witch, Samson, uh, Grim Reaper, I think, Crane Mantis, and Savage, and us. Wow, that's a nice lineup. Yeah, it was, uh, it was pretty good. So I made some good friends that weekend, especially Paul Samson. Me and him me, uh, were quite close for a while. In fact, uh, I went through a bit of a bad time a couple of years later where I'd stopped getting in touch with him. My marriage was breaking up and I was, it was the beginning of the age of madness. (laughs) (laughs) And I was in a pub one night on my own because a friend of mine was doing a solo set uh, and he came over after he'd finished his first set, sat down with me, he said, I'm sorry to hear about your friend. I said, what friend? He said, Paul Sampson. I said, why? What about him? And he told me he died. Uh, that didn't help my mood at the time, I've got to admit. And it was so sad. He had cancer. I knew there was something wrong because a couple of years before that, we he was in a, he'd got another band called uh, Metallic Blue, which is okay. basically a blues band. I said, oh, you have to come up and I'll arrange a gig for you in town and I'll put a scratch band together and support you. Oh, that'd be great. So we did that and we just did some blues classics. Um, well, that's really cool. We had a bit of a jam at the end of his set. He invited me on stage. I've got one photograph of the pair of us together and I treasure that. Uh, <laughs> I said, what are we doing? He said, just something in A, just follow me. Okay. And he kicked it off. And at one point, I made the mistake of 
going to the left to his side of the stage and I nearly had my ears blown off. He was so loud. Unbelievable. But, yeah, a lot of friendships were made that weekend. It was fantastic. So we did that working thing, and uh, the album did rather well. And never stopped since. We just kept getting different things offered. Uh, well, there was a hiccup, obviously, two years later. Uh, my marriage broke up, and I went through a bit of a bad time. And nobody could get in touch with me. Jess couldn't find me, didn't know where I was. But when uh, I did start putting the feelers out again, he put me on a few more festivals in Germany and places like that. And we just kept doing bits of gigs here and there ever since. And then, uh, latterly, Dave Norman and I got back together again and started doing some shows, anniversary shows. I think the first one was the 25th anniversary, and we put a, a band together for that. Again, there was something wrong with my throat at the time, so we uh, asked a guy called Andy Wood to sing for us. I've got to admit, I love it when I've got a singer because I can just concentrate on the guitar, doing maybe a few backing vocals, but it's nice not to have to think about doing both at the same time. It really is. You've got a certain freedom. (coughs) And then we did that, and then he started building a studio in his house. And so he said, why don't we do a new album? I said, well, I have got more than an album's worth of uh, stuff to record. Let's get at it. But it took, altogether before release, about five years, mainly because of him, because uh, I'd arranged to go around and do something, and he didn't ring me up at the last minute and say, oh, I've got something on. It just took forever. So I was really glad when it did get finished and released. But it is, along with you, it's my personal favourite and a lot of me in it. Oh, my God. Well, that was Craig's interview with Paul Gaskin. Very cool interview. Go check out the whole thing because you really enjoy it. Very cool guy. Uh, next interview, another really cool one that we did. Uh, Nate, you really wanted to do this one. Uh, David White from Heathen. Mm-hmm. That was a cool one. That was a very was cool a really one. cool interview. It was. He's a very nice guy. I re- never talked to him ever in my life. And uh, we had a little bit of miscommunication the first time because this is the second time we tried to interview him. So, right. Uh, yeah, so I'm glad we got that all straightened out. Very oh, cool yeah. guy. He had some of the coolest stories we've heard yet yep. from yeah. really anybody. Yeah, definitely. So I just picked oh. the first clip. Uh, what were you saying? I also got a uh, kick out of him mentioning how uh, a lot of people think because of the, the different last name, everyone thinks David White and David Godfrey are two different people. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It is a About bit confusing. Getting the messages that said it's a shame the first guy died. <laughs> <laughs> I should have picked that clip too, but I I didn't. Damn it! Well, oh, well. one of my favorite ones in there was because he started off in Blind Illusion, and we were talking about that. And I, oh yeah, I love that track. On yeah, thanks. I wasn't on that, you dick. <laughs> <laughs> Well, see, that gives people a reason to go check out that episode because there was a lot of really cool things in there. So I just picked the first little thing that we were talking about with uh, the little hiatus that they had since the last album before the new album that they released. So go check that out and definitely go check out the rest of that episode because it was a lot of fun. So we'll be right back. Yeah, it's a very good story. But back to Heathen. 
okay. Because uh, <laughs> that's what we're here for. I mean, Jesus Christ. Uh, the Evolution of Chaos came out in uh, 2009, right, I believe? Uh, 2010 and in the States. 2010, okay. Um, how, what was the long wait between the albums? What was the long wait? Yeah. I mean, uh, I, you, obviously, obviously, that's like a common thing with you guys. <laughs> well, you know, really, we were, kind of, we were actually on top of it. We, uh, When we finally got the record, you know, Evolution done, um, that took a little while to just, you know, sort of pan everything out. I think um, Exodus has everything to do with the the recent delays for Heathen because uh, Heathen put the band back together. We did Thrash the Titans, or was that was, yeah Thrash the Titans for Chuck Billy in two thousand one, I believe, and then we did Valken the following year, and that's when we decided to put the band back together. So we started writing, and we recorded a demo like three songs mm-hmm. um, in two thousand five. We and we had also finished the recovered CD mm-hmm. that we is uh, covers that we had recorded back in '93, I believe, um, but never finished. And yeah. Lee had left to join the Croups, so he was gone for about six years. He was like touring like mad with the Croups for six years, and I was playing with the guys from Defiance. Everybody's doing different things. Life just kind of, you know what I mean. You're just kind of moving however it goes. You know, mm-hmm. got to roll with it. <laughs> and, uh, but uh, when we were recording the demo, we uh, had different people play solos on it. And at that point, Gary Holt had asked Lee if he'd play a solo on the new uh, Exodus record. Mm. And so he did. And then they asked him to join the band. So oh, he was touring a little bit between two th- after 2005. Yeah. Uh, and he'd be home here and there. And we were finished, we, we, we were finishing, trying to finish writing. And I had to basically um, finish the record with the, the music. We already had the music, mm-hmm. but usually Lee and I work together, you know, a little closer as far as working out the vocals and, you know, the melodies for the vocals and where they're going to go, ranging the songs. But I had to do it pretty much on my own and, and get it pretty much down. And then Craig joined the band and he had a few songs and we worked together on that. So and then John wrote a song for the record. And we pushed Lee into the studio, oh, like geez. in like somewhere in the beginning of 2000 or the end of 2008, 2009 or something like that. It's like, let's, we got to get in. Mm. And he was like, we're not ready. And we're like, <laughs> we're as ready as we're fucking ever going to be. We're going to make it happen. And Juan actually, he gave us the time to do it. Like yeah. he spent the time, you know, Darren came in to play the drum tracks. I think he did all his tracks in four days. But it was four solid days, mm. you know, and he just crushed it. And um, and then we went to work and then Lee was back and he went out on tour. So, you know, he had finished part of his rhythms. It was like that kind of process. Mm. And then once we got the music, I did the vocals while Lee was on tour. And uh, then finally it was done. And we had it mixed. Lee went to Denmark and, and mixed it um, with uh, uh, his name escapes me right now because I'm high. <laughs> his name's on the record the producer but but lee went to denmark (laughs) to uh mix it and uh that get got out and then we toured a bunch for about three years three and a half years and and during that time um we signed with nuclear blast okay for the new record and then lee got busy you know exodus was busy too and then gary joined slayer 
you know, oh, wow. actually was filling in for Jeff in the beginning. Right. And so they asked Cragen to fill in for Gary. Oh, wow. So now I got no, I got a band with no guitar players <laughs> and actually Darren wasn't in the, was, had quit the band. He left the band. We had oh, a wow. disagreement and he, he left. And so I couldn't do, you know, much. I was writing a little bit, but, uh, we were in disarray <laughs> while Cragen and Lee were gone. Mm. But Cragen was writing like mad the whole time. Yeah. And he, he wrote this whole, this entire record. Oh, wow. And wow. said, here you go, guys. Let's get this done. So once it was finished and we had the time to do it, um, the stars aligned and we got Zeus to produce it. Mm-hmm. And we had to squeeze it in. Um, so it's just, like I said, I know that was a long-winded fucking answer. <laughs> uh, that's all right a lot of stuff i, I didn't yeah. even know yeah I, actually i'm still fairly new to your band i mean I've, I've known you guys for a long time but it took me a long time to buy an album for what reason i don't know you didn't but really dig us before that's all i did but i just you know just slipped through the cracks i mean you guys have always been you put out those first two albums and you kind of like went on hiatus and you disappeared and you came back and then you kind of disappeared again now you're back again so yeah well i, know, I, I mean, tell like, you that most people you know if you don't already know the record business, music business, is uh, can be a motherfucker. Yeah, I could imagine. And, you know, and like I had, I had, a, I had a son. Like he was born two weeks after we finished recording the first record. Wow! So my life changed in two huge ways. <laughs> you know, I wasn't yeah. thinking great. I fell in love and fucking made a baby. Yeah. You know, right when my when you know my band was taken off and and really. At that time in 87, mm-hmm. Breaking the Silence, we were on MTV. We sold a shitload of records. Right. I love you that. Know? Yeah. We sold like close to 100,000 records. Wow. We don't know the exact total mm-hmm. because Combat, you know, they're not going to tell us everything. So they want the money. But mm. um, but that's when records, people were still buying records. Mm. And had we got victims out when we wanted to, I think that one would have did well as well. But it was three and a half years before victims came out and metal was kind of in a weird place at that time. So all right. That was our interview with David White. Please go check out the rest of the interview. Like I said, a lot of really cool stuff in there. And uh finally, um, one of my last interviews I did fairly recently with Pete Silk from the band Iron Savior. Uh we talk about the album artwork for the new album. Uh it was only been a year since the last album he had out. He was on the show. Actually, you were supposed to join me for that interview too, Greg, last year and, and was busy then again. You're always so busy. Well, I did do one with you, though, because I remember talking to him. No, we didn't talk to him. We actually reviewed the album, but we didn't talk. you didn't talk to him with me. Uh, I could swear I talked to him. No. No, we did the interview with, not the interview, uh, the review with uh, Troy. Troy was still on the show when we interviewed okay. him, did, the, did the album. But, uh, yeah, so I did this interview with uh, Pete Silk. Very cool. Talking about the, uh, the new album. And, uh, actually, th- there's a box set that comes with this new album for some reason they do box sets now uh for albums which is kind of weird to me but they couldn't think of like what to put in the box and one weird thing that he put in the box was a toothbrush <laughs> what other band has a, a toothbrush i i don't know any you know one of the weirdest ones i've ever gotten that that just reminded me of i mean the toothbrush is for sure the oddest but um there was this Japanese CD box set that came out with all the Megadeth's 12-inch singles from uh, Peace Cells up to, I believe it went through Countdown to Extinction. 
but the the bonus items that came with it were a ruler, a protractor, and a mechanical pencil that said <laughs> on him. It was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> this is so random. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Dave... <laughs> I, I know they're good at math, but really? <laughs> Dave was cleaning out the drunk drawer in the kitchen, you know? <laughs> yeah. your fucking Frank book book or like fucking bullshit just you know like all that fucking 90s ass like, oh yeah you know, like oh you give me fucking pencil case and my fucking trapper keeper yeah and I my just... fucking megadeth protractor and mechanical pencil <laughs> <laughs> it's on my ruler buddy i'm hardcore <laughs> all right well i'll go check out the pizza uh, interview megadeth show with a fucking protractor <laughs> All right, here's the pizza <laughs> interview. We break it. I'm trying to get. I'm trying to finish this. Can you sign my project here? Can you sign my pencil? Uh, I, I was fucking right on that. <laughs> I was going to add more clips on this show, like why it takes so long to get the show started. Yeah, I'll go for it. I'm, I'm not. I'm not doing that because then I have to really go back. But here's the Pete Silk interview. Check it out. We'll be right back. Uh, what What do you think is better, the new ACDC or the new Iron Savior? Of course, the new Iron <laughs> Savior, dude. How can you ask? <laughs> I know that was a stupid question. Come on, even I know that one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, so, I have to say, if you if you ask me what is the best band in the world, I always say Iron Savior. Because <laughs> it, no, and I say no, it's for a very simple reason. I mean, Iron Savior is my personal definition of heavy metal. This is how I hear this music. You know, yeah, yeah. if I would hear it differently, I would do I would do it differently with with my band. You know, yeah. But this for me is one hundred percent the kind of metal I love. So naturally, Iron Savior. It's the best band in the world for me. You know? <laughs> it would be as it would be sad if it would be different. <laughs> right. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. So, like I said, this out the new album is really great, and I can't wait to get an actual copy of it. Um, who's doing the artwork? The same guy that always does all the artwork, or? Yeah, actually, it's the same guy, uh, even though the artwork looks completely different this yeah. time, which yeah. <laughs> which I think is a good thing because, uh, um, you know. I, I really like all those, uh, all the cover and all the artworks we had with, mm-hmm. with intergalactical incidences, they put it like this, or, um, but uh, I think this one is, um, is uh, actually a journalist yesterday said, and there is some truth in that, that it, he, he's reminded of the very early days of Iron Savior. And if you look at the debut album, the, the Iron Savior, Mm-hmm. Of course, there's only this logo on it, and in yeah. a way, it's true. If you also look at the uh, uh, interlude album, but of course, that wasn't on my mind when I created this uh, this uh, this artwork. Actually, the story to the artwork is kind of funny because um, uh, at the beginning, um, the artwork was based on the song Hellbreaker, um, okay. which is, and uh, so I would it was supposed to be a, a soldier. Uh, macho gun fighting you know with space guns whatever and uh, quite drastic stuff you know i had in mm-hmm. mind but in the end it got too complicated if you look at the lyrics uh, later on that you know what i mean yeah. um but that was that was just too complicated to achieve what i had on mind so it's and realizing that <clears throat> and on the other hand finishing up the song skycrest and finding out wow it's a really cool song 
Yeah. I changed my mind five minutes to midnight <laughs> and renamed the album from uh, Hellbreaker, which, which that was the original title I had planned out, okay. uh, to Skycrest and also changed uh, the, the, the artwork approach totally. And so um, within a week or so, we realized this new artwork. And uh, yeah, I think it's a killer. I love it. It looks just awesome on, on T-shirts and stuff like this. Yeah. And I don't know. I think it looks it looks looks it looks it looks really heavy and um, solid, or I don't know how to describe it. But yeah, no, I'm in love with this artwork. I think it's it's cool. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. You don't have no like weird creatures or anything in front. Just that big. Uh, what, what what is that? Like a crest or something, or like a metal medallion type thing? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah metal crest, shield, whatever. You know. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's really cool. It's awesome. And they got the logo on there. It's awesome. And like that, like you said, the other guy said, I mean, the first album was like a plain album cover and it's kind of just like brings it full circle in a way almost. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's cool shit. Cool shit. Who did it? Did you say um, that? Yeah, it's the same guy who did all the other artworks. Uh, Felipe Machado Franco, our friend from Colombia. Oh, yeah. Columbia. Yeah, he's been on the show. Yeah, yeah. And it looks like a Felipe uh, artwork. Yes, it does. <laughs> I should have known that. Yeah. <laughs> there's Actually, blue, uh, there's red and blue in it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, loves, he just loves red and blue. <laughs> yes, he does. Actually, he. Um, I have another friend from um, another band called Timeless Haunt, and they just used Felipe for their album cover, and he actually used green in their album. He cover. did. Wow. Yes, oh. a different color. <laughs> Hell. <laughs> it came out really cool. Unbelievable! Unbelievable! <laughs> <laughs> I have to talk to him. He never used green with us. <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny too. He did. He did make two versions. One was red, and one was green. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But both are cool. Yeah. He's a cool guy. I gotta get Absolutely. him back on the show. Yeah, yeah. He's a really super nice guy, and it's uh, and uh, well, I mean, he's 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 really so much into this Iron Savior stuff, and uh, we're we're all always on. Uh, like we're always connected, you know. And uh, so, if I have an idea, uh, he usually can visualize what I'm saying pretty nice, you know. Nice. Also, the Hellbreaker. If we would have had more time and would have dig more into it, he he probably would have come up with uh, with a cool artwork as well. But um, anyway, I'm really I'm I'm happy that I that I made this change uh, on the last minute because oh, yeah. yeah, I think it was really worth it. And the new artwork is uh, is, is definitely. Um, yeah, it's a killer. I love it. Yeah. You think maybe use the other artwork at another later time? Actually, it is used in the album in the within the booklet. So okay. if you have the, if you if you once have the booklet, <laughs> you will find out what the Actually, original artwork uh, was supposed to look like a little bit. All right, that was Pete Silk, a uh, very cool guy. Really great new album too. Please go check it out. And I believe I'm going to be doing a cover song with him sometime soon. So that'll be cool. Uh, one last thing that I'd like to do is, uh, and actually mentioned them in the PC interview, the band Timeless Haunt. Yes. The whole band has basically been on the show probably the most out of any guests that we've had on the show. And we've had yep. the, the vocalist on the show, I think, a few times. Uh, the bassist, uh, really cool George guy. He's been, been on, on the show. a few times. And... Yep. Actually, those are the two main guys that have been on the show. The other, other three, I really got to get on the ball and start getting them on the show. But uh, very cool band. Uh, please go check them out, uh, timelesshaunt.com. They have a new album come out in January. And, and I'm also doing uh, a bunch of cover songs with them as well. And um, so here's a couple of clips from each of the times that they've been on the show. And I just like to support these guys. They're very good friends of ours. So please go check out their stuff. And here's some clips of the shows that they've been on. 
You know, and if you can connect to 25 people who regularly come out, that makes you bigger than 95% of local bands. Right. You know, and if you can be like that band who bring 25 people, then guess what? You're going to get, you know, opening slots on those tours in 200-person rooms. And that's all most bands want is to just be, like, it's, like, that's a very acceptable level to be at. It's like, we bring Uh 30 people and we get to open for our favorite bands in our, like, in our sub niche. Right. Right. You know, like... That, that's a I've been there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a great first step. I, I, for us, I know that uh, when, and let me add to this too, uh, that when uh, back in 2011, I believe it was, my band at the time down in Baltimore, local and whatnot, but we got to open up for Striper and we got to open up for UFO. And they were a couple thousand seat, whatever, shows. And it awesome. was great. And I noticed afterwards, first off at the show, it was all original, so we got to play all original stuff. And all our CDs sold, all our merch. We were out. We had nothing left when we got done. And then um, we noticed an uptick in the metrics um, on the Internet, uh, Facebook, whatever. More people were going to see us. So that the buzz that was generated from that was was very beneficial. It was just really nice. All of a sudden, we went from here to here. It was like, oh, this is cool. Mm. You know? So and then the other thing is memories. Right. I played I played a zillion shows in my life, but those two I will remember because I got to play with these you know long term national acts. I got to meet them, hang with them, and whatnot. Mm. And you know a lot of bands that that's you know not going to make it. That's still a nice thing to have. Yeah. You know, there's some good ballads on there. Wrong album. <laughs> Which one do you want? That's the other one. Oh shit! Yeah. <laughs> we went backwards. It. I I said let's start yeah, with the uh, visual lines. Yeah. Oh. Oh shit! Sorry, I thought you said master of disguise. <laughs> it doesn't matter at this point. We're all just kind of all we over just the place. already went on falling down um, the steps already, so we're good. Uh, Never too young to die. That's a uh, a ballad song. That's one yeah. of my favorite songs. Oh, well, I, God, I hated that that's song. That's the one I really like. Actually. Yeah, Never too young. It's all chorus. Who cares? Fucking chorus. That's, oh that's my god. Part. Yeah, but dude, you got to understand. Again, that album was all right. You, you had the success with whatever success with Visualize, and back then, record companies were basically looking at you like you need to do better. That so, doesn't make it good. All right. Well, I'm not saying that. I'm saying <laughs> that from a business perspective, I you know, have expectations, it's... and if you want to keep making music and have that record deal, you have to meet certain standards from your investors. I know. I know why Cherry Pie exists. Exactly. Why do you think the Metallica Black Album? Right. Metallica said, but the Black can't do any more speed. Yeah, I know. It was half like commercial stuff to expand the audience. and half, It would be you know, good if it was fans. a docking album. Yeah, but, but that's not. the point. It's a Metallica you know? record. <laughs> back then, yeah, back then there was no internet, no streaming, no putting your stuff out there on your own. It was, you know, through a record label. So you were kind of beholden to what they wanted. And they expected you to improve upon what you had before. And if that meant going more commercial, I'm not saying it's okay, but if it means going more commercial to sustain, you know, what you're doing, then that's the price you have to pay. Yeah, I just have no to... clue why you guys like it. For me, it's it's something I grew up with. A, and yeah, it's yeah, catchy you go for because it. from a commercial perspective, again, it is catchy. It's memorable in that regard. A lot of people like speed metal. I'm not into it. I can only take so much. Time. <laughs> I, I liked right, it done. for like two minutes of it, and then I'm like, okay. okay, this needs to develop a little bit. Sure, 
That's what I was thinking. Like, it's not about choruses or anything. I always try to write choruses, and I'm in a thrash band. Mm -hmm. Like, that's one thing I always saw hair metal is having over thrash bands is having choruses and stuff like that, hooks. But, like, just repeating the chorus for three and a half minutes drives me fucking batshit. It's my main problem with Maiden too, and I love Maiden. The wall, but you can't see, <laughs> can't see that. <laughs> anyway, timelessone.com. Go check his stuff out. But we had you pick two albums today. What two albums? Yes, I did, and we decided to do uh, Sanctuary's Refuge Denied. Came out in 1988. That's right. Same year, right before that whole uh, grunge thing hit. Yep. Forbidden Evil came out. Forbidden Evil. Same year. I believe that came out in September of 1988. I'm not sure what month uh, Refuge Denied came out, but it did come out in September. Well, look at this guy with all the information. I've got a got a plethora of it. Did you know oh, that sure. Dave Mustaine That's actually... Like, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm going to say. I did know that. <laughs> I did know that Dave Mustaine actually got Sanctuary signed. Uh, oh, he really? actually played on that album. Uh, he actually played oh, the really? lead in White Rabbit and also did the backing vocals on that track. That's why it sounds so much like a Dave Mustaine solo. Okay, I didn't know that. I'm like, yes, wow, that yes, he did. Really he also produced. He also produced the album. Yes. Yeah. Yes, he did. Yeah, I forgot about yeah. that. Produced by Paul, Lonnie, and Dave Mustaine. Now I can I can hear it now because I haven't listened to this album in years. God, the, uh, how does he fuck up the Megadeth remasters so bad? This is pretty good production. I have no idea. What in the hell is that? That's my dog talking to me. <laughs> I hope. I hope. Big on beast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was one of the demons you summoned before we that came on the show. Was the demon? Speaking to you from the fiery depths of hell. It's not so bad down here. Oh, you got a bar and everything there. So I've got leather. Know. I've got a bar. Cigars. Cigars, premium. Or Saddam Hussein. <laughs> From Saddam. <laughs> so you have a new album coming out very shortly. Very shortly. Let's just put it this way. We had planned for an October 31st release. It doesn't look like that's going to happen, although I'm holding hope that it might. Hmm. We're having a little bit of an issue with uh, mixing and mastering, uh, because we ran out of time at the studio, you know, everybody wants to perfect their parts, so, you know, mm-hmm. there was some re-records and some things we wanted to finish up on our fourth day, which was just uh, this past Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Twelve hours in the studio, we got all our uh, parts recorded and re-recorded to the way we wanted them to sound, and... Now it was just off to mixing and mastering. It's going to be an eight-song full-length album. Very cool. Our first, our sophomore. How long is it going to be? Like, how long is the actual album? I don't fucking know. I have no idea. I have no idea. I would say each track is roughly somewhere around five minutes. And, you know, there you go, about 45 minutes or so. All right, cool. There's nothing too long on there. I think it's just the perfect length for an for a full length in yeah. this day and age with people's ADD and mm-hmm. lack of ability to concentrate. Yeah. I love the album. It's uh we're definitely coming into our own. It's going to sound a little bit different than the first album. There's more element of uh classic metal in it. Uh, mm-hmm. I think you're going to hear even though we were trying to do our own thing, what we're hearing comparisons of our sabotage, submersible fate, um, mm. You're definitely going to hear my vocals uh, more up in the 
the Sean Peck stratosphere. And <laughs> I have been taking lessons again. As you know, I stopped singing for about eight years after yeah. my last project from way back, which I'm not going to mention because then you'll know who I am. Mm-hmm. And we don't want anybody to know who I am. Who spooky. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, I uh, am taking lessons from um, Ken Tamplin, who is like the yeah. premier rock metal vocal coach guy it's helped a lot it's brought me back to where i was at and even better in my opinion so i think you'll dig it there's a lot of uh a lot of highs a lot of lows and a lot of mids and i'm kind of all over the place and that's just how i like it awesome very cool i look forward to it thank you all right that was the guys from timeless haunt um it's been a fun year guys Yes, it has. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's been times when I've said, do I really want to keep doing the show? <laughs> I don't know. You know, it's just one of those extra things I have to do, but I have fun doing it with you yeah, guys. So I'd hate to not do it anymore. So, right. I like doing it. It's fun. It's usually the highlight of my week, depending yeah. on what record I got in the mail. That's right. Yeah. And depending on what Nate picks us to listen to, you know, then it may or may That's not pretty be good. fun. Sometimes you can. Yeah, you are. I actually, most of the stuff that you have picked, I ended up did liking. So, right. you haven't been too bad. I just busted your balls. Like, I got you into Enforcer. There we go. You did. I, I do have the albums now. So, yeah. So, that's pretty cool. And, um, yeah, I mean, there's been a lot of cool guests. And I hopefully can get some new guests for next year that are going to even be even better. We'll see what happens. I don't know. I tried yeah. to Rob Halford Brett. recently, and that didn't happen. Who? Brett. <laughs> James Murphy. <laughs> oh, yes, oh yeah. hundred thousand subscribers. We'll get Lars Ulrich. Yeah, he ain't coming on the show. That'd be cool though. Maybe That'd one day. Awesome. It would be awesome. Well, you know, him and Pat Scott are still friends. I still talk to Pat. So I. So. Bro, if I got anyone from Metallica, I'd shit myself, dude. That'd be amazing. I really just want to talk to Lars because I want to talk to him about classic heavy metal and stuff too, and not just Metallica. Yeah, he would be a really cool guy. To, oh, to I want to talk show. to Lars. I love him. Lars is by far the most talkative out of anybody in Metallica. Yeah, he is. I, I hate how people give him shit too. I mean, you know, I know his drumming is, uh, you know, not what everybody wants it to be, but he's, he's himself. James so. Kirk are all pretty quiet people. Like <clears throat> Lars yeah, is the one who doesn't shut up. Yeah. But I would love to have him on the show. But uh, I, I just I thank you guys for continuing to do the show with me. Uh, we have a lot of laughs and a lot of fun together, and uh, I'm glad that we're all doing this together. And um, I'm glad for everybody watching the show that you actually watch it and you're subscribing to our YouTube and the podcast uh, and version that we also have. T-shirts and whatnot. yeah, buy the T-shirts. Yeah, Come buy on, our guys. shit. Please help out the show. Please, I need to uh, pay for these things. You know. Yeah, so uh, yeah, soon one day. But uh, I make the t-shirts as subscribers. I'll make rat sound review protractors. You promise? Oh, I promise. All right. As long as you promise. Angles are going to be rat and saladed so fucking quick. (laughs) You know, I never said what quality it would be either. I just that's all right from work and sharpie rat salad review across the back in voivod font <laughs> that's fine whatever we can get but uh yeah i try to keep those shirts as cheap as possible so everybody can afford them so please buy a t-shirt yeah 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 so 
I hope that uh, helps us out, and please help us out a little bit. And uh, also, our Red Sound Review Network, the podcast, we have so many shows on there. Uh, Lou Mavs, Music is Life. We have Suck My Balls, a South Park uh, show. Uh, Old Man... What? Infinite Fringe. Uh, I haven't done the Infinite Fringe in quite a while. Uh, Old Man Metals Musings, he's still on there, but he doesn't do every month but uh, or every week, so he's kind of sporadic. Um, what else do we have? Oh, the the right opinion. He's another one that's not always on, yep. but he, he does shows every once in a while. Oops, and I said his name. <laughs> I think it cut out. Harrison, there, so you're, you're okay. Uh, am I missing any shows? Oh, Beyond Bushido. How can I miss Beyond Bushido? Yeah, Which I'm going to be on their episode too. Uh, I believe Vier next Vault. next week. Yep, Ralph Vieira's Vault, and uh, I believe that's it. Yes. We've had we've had some shows come and go recently, so I can't remember everything. But yeah, that's how we forgot they were gone. Actually, but... yeah, yeah. No, no specific reason. I'm not mad at anybody for anything. It's just uh, you know, there's there's too many shows. I can't keep up with everything. So. It is what it is. But uh, yeah, you'll find everything at ratsoundreview.com and uh, you can find all of our shows, all our in between shit and everything. And Nate, what's going on with the music? I mean, my guitar player's headphones broke, so mastering is going to be on hold until he gets a new pair of good studio headphones. But, um... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just realized what you just did. <laughs> but so it's still still in the works though, right? Yeah, it's definitely still in the works. So you All can right. donate to the headphone fund at uh PayPal. That's right. Yeah, we can start a Patreon for a headphone fund. Sad, sad, very sad. But uh, all right, so hopefully the uh, album gets finished at some point. My hopefully my thing gets finished at some point too, and the cover songs that we're doing. Hope those get done at some point too. It's all there's going to be a lot of rat salad related things coming in 2021. And I'm going to try my ass off to get Tom Gabriel Fisher on here somehow. Ooh. I hope so. That'll be another great uh, thing to have on. Awesome. Well, he did accept I, my friend request, so I'm oh, hoping that happens. Right, let's hope you're not getting catfished. <laughs> I'm Fisher. No, it's it's definitely him, and it, it's funny too because I was talking to Paul Gaskin about it, and he said, "Yeah, you know what's funny is uh, he he's a Gaskin fan, and he added me on Facebook, but I had never really heard Celtic Frost, and he was this was we didn't record this. It was er well." Maybe part of it is in there, but I don't think the whole thing is. But he was like, "Yeah, I listened to a couple songs, but it's, uh, it's not really for me." But I told him. I liked it. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Well, either way, that'd be awesome if we get him on the show. That would be a great show. But uh, oh, amazing, amazing. But like That's I said, fucking I, cool. Yep, I appreciate everybody, all, all the people that worked with us. Uh, Lisa Mann. She's been awesome, yeah. and I can't wait to get her back on the show again. Ralph Vieira, he's been awesome, too. And uh, everybody else, I appreciate everybody. And yeah. I appreciate you guys the most watching the show. Otherwise, I probably wouldn't even bother doing the show. But as far as that goes, we will see you guys in 2021. And until then, keep it rest. breezy so it goes down easy. Stay classy. <laughs> Bye.